Hello from the Modifivers, and welcome to year three of Ensorcelled. Now don't forget to follow at Pod and check out patreon.com slash themodifivers. You're awesome for listening. Thank you so much. Enjoy! Ensorcelled, a low-key, hate-free, HP, D&D podcast. There is no room for hate here, only education and helping women. Last time on Ensorcelled, most of the Sorcery Sisters have returned to Hogweed with a very significant puzzle piece missing. Lou has transferred to Flemeth at her mother's request, so her Aunt Rosaline, a professor there, can keep an eye on her. The rest of the girls kick off the year with a new classmate, Myra Iden, who is Celeste's childhood best friend. With a new classmate thrown into the mix, not to mention Ren's new girlfriend, Catherine, hanging around, the girls have to balance their personal lives and their secrets while attempting to keep them hidden. Myra isn't the only new Iden at Hogweed. Her mother, Charlie, has joined the staff as the new History of Magic professor, replacing Professor Delgado, who quit after last year's confrontation with Professor Carver. Ren reveals she saw Ty over the summer, undercover in the Kim's house just hours before they went missing. Professor Jameson is clearly distressed due to not knowing if his best friend is okay or not. Celeste also admits she met her maternal grandmother, Marjorie, and is currently in contact with her, much to her father's surprise. Imogen has begun her apprenticeship with Madame Pup and is, thankfully, showing interest in her old hobbies again. She excels on her first day and is her old, enthusiastic self again, which is a huge relief to all of her friends. At the end of the week, Section C heads to the Sanctum of Sorcery to begin their new internships, which is their first official undercover mission. They are assigned their mentors and get ready to begin the semester that, yet again, seems to be set up for chaos and drama. These teenagers have a lot on their plate, but I'm sure they won't have any trouble managing their responsibilities. After all, what's the worst that could happen? Let's begin. Welcome back to Ensorcelled! This week with us we have Willow Wilson, Imogen Seagrin's daughter, currently devouring the employee onboarding pamphlet from the Sanctum's Department of Research and Development. We have Bry Walton, Celeste Carver-Chapman, so ready to see what the sea has for me. There is Holland Lane Curtis. Ren D. Tierney. The D stands for distressed that interning with the Minister of Sorcery is going to be a little more intense than expected. And I'm your godfiver, Remy Culp. When the sun sets, my dog turns into a Bulgarian tap dancer who exclusively eats spray cheese and hedgehogs. Alright. <clears throat> Why are you looking at me like that? Like, you think anything I say at this time is going to make any sense. So that's where we're starting. We're starting at a yeah. 10. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This yeah. is going to be this that is gonna be an interesting episode, differently formatted than what we usually do. Um, you guys, you'll understand what? very quickly. You guys ain't dumb. Um, just hang tight. Uh, very discussion-based session, so let the words fly. The Sorcery Sisters have found a rhythm with their routine, balancing classes, homework, practices, and apprenticeships. What was new to them, however, were their internships. After being introduced to their mentors, they were told to meet back in the conference room in a week to officially begin their work at the Sanctum of Sorcery. 
Professor Jameson decided it was best if he alone escorted students of Section C due to the paparazzi mishap that occurred the last time Professor Carver showed up at the Sanctum. Professor Jameson shepherds you all to the elevator, successfully bypassing the group of hungry reporters, and up to the conference room where Hugo is waiting, furiously scribbling something down on a clipboard. He looks up when he hears your entrance and gives you all a smile. Welcome, welcome, everybody! It's your first official day of your internships! Is everybody ready? Excited? Nervous? Huh? Imogen is just vibrating, like... Nervous. I'm so excited I have no to idea why you Hugo. think anyone would be nervous. I don't think there's any reason to be nervous. I mean, like, we, we're, we, we all know everything that needs to be known, and we're just gonna do fine, and it's gonna be totally fine, and there's no reason to be nervous! Oh, I've been here before. Like, many times. I, I'm not nervous. Okay, great. Uh, it's it's nice to see that uh, that someone here has some confidence. Um, anyone but me, it looks like. Uh, but this is gonna be just absolutely so fantastic. It's I'm I'm so excited for you guys. This is gonna look great on your resumes um, and stuff. All right, so <clears throat> uh, we have no time to lose. Uh, I'm gonna escort you all to your designated floors where your mentor will be waiting, and you'll be with them for the rest of the day uh, as your you know internship suggests. Um, he, he gestures, uh, for you to enter back into the elevator, and one by one begins dropping off Section C at the appropriate locations. Yes. Um, Bren turns to him and is like, Is there- do we get a lunch? Are we gonna be able to eat lunch together, or what's the- what's the deal with that? Uh, uh, you do need to be fed. Uh, your- your mentors, uh, will dictate your lunch schedules. It's different by department. Oh. Uh, some need to stagger their lunches, some take it all at once. Uh, some don't take lunch at all, but it's okay, I don't think, uh, you'll be fine. Um, uh, there's a cafeteria, it's a great cafeteria, it's great food. Okay, so, but we are going to be alone all, all by ourselves without our friends to- No, okay. you, will, no yeah. you will be no, with no, your no, mentors. No, 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 that's fine. That's gonna- Right, yeah, that's super- Yeah, I feel so much better about that. Great, uh, awesome. And at that, you know, the door opens to the, the first, uh, location and he, he drops off Teddy. So, uh, the doors, uh, after dropping off a, a couple of your, your classmates, the doors open on floor seven, where Desi, Imogen's mentor, stands waiting with a white lab coat. Uh, she gives you a polite smile, Imogen, and hands you your own lab coat. Go ahead and put this on, Imogen, uh, and we will begin our <laughs> The doors close, and okay. next, Hugo takes you to floor Thank 18, you. where Porter, Celeste's mentor, is having an argument with a man who looks a little scared. Uh, Porter is clearly frustrated uh, when she says, Well, that was misquoted, and you know it. If you don't get this fixed immediately and retract that ridiculous statement, you will be... She glances over at you, Celeste, stopping mid-sentence, and changing her demeanor to be more friendly. Uh, she looks back at the man, patting him on the chest with a much sweeter tone, and says, Just fix it, Paul. Oh. Oh, you don't have to do that for me. Continue, please. He, he turns and he scurries away, and, and Porter awaits for you to, to join her. Celeste is the most excited she's ever been. <laughs> uh, what was her name again, real quick? Porter. Uh, full name, sorry. Ah, uh, I don't think I gave you her last name. First name Porter, last name definitely Henry. <laughs> Finally, the elevator takes a long trip upwards and arrives at the top floor. The doors open and you see a lovely waiting room and absolutely nobody else. Um, it takes a minute, but the doors at the center of the room open and Carson comes out, furiously scribbling something down in a notebook. Without looking up, he points to you, Ren, and gesture gestures for you to come with him. 
He turns on his heel and begins walking back into the doors where he came from. Nah. Oh, okay. Alright. Okay. I'll see you later. B Bye. Hugo. Bye. Great. So, Imogen. Tessie adjusts her glasses, pushing them further up on her nose, and she says, yes. All right, Imogen, let's start by giving oh, you a tour Cody, of our research facility kind of and labs. Perfect. So she begins leading you down a hallway, speaking as she walks. <laughs> okay. Here at the research department, we have begun implementing Norme science into our experiments within the last few years. We are a rather new department, only being established as part of the overhaul that occurred post-war. <laughs> we combine Norme science and magic to see how we can make things more efficient and open up a lot of doors for the sorcery community. Finally! Imogen is like almost weeping, like just so just so glad that this exists and oh, just a lot of emotion um, and excitement. Down the hallway there is a round room with several all with several other hallways branching out. Um she leads you down the first one on the right. So this hallway is specifically for archive purposes. There is a common archive at the bottom of the sanctum, however, we like to have our own archive nearby as we commonly refer to past files during our current work. It's very important our archive stays organized and tidy. Part of your job will likely be to pull files from the archive for us, so I'm sure you'll be quite familiar with our system in no time. Um, and each of the rooms you pass by the doorways are simply just arches. Um, inside are completely empty rooms. Um, however, on the tiles of the floors, uh, words are written, and when you walk by the second room, you see someone else in a lab coat stomping on a tile, and a filing cabinet shoots upwards from the floor. Um, they open a drawer that seems much longer than you think uh, could fit within the filing cabinet. Um, so this is a, a unique filing system that is filed within the floor, um, probably magically condensed, uh, but you will, uh, you will be working within these rooms for sure. Amazing. Um, at the end of the hall, there's a little cul-de-sac and the first real door you've seen down this corridor. Uh, Desi gestures to it vaguely and says, You don't have to worry about this one. All the files in here are classified and you need a very high security clearance to access them, just for security's sake. Fascinating. So, when you arrive back at the circular room, she leads you down another hallway. These are our spellcasting laboratories. Here we experiment with creating spells, uh, different uses for spells, mixing spells with other elements such as science or potions. Now, this can be quite a dangerous place to be, however, the doors of the laboratories are our own invention. They are spell-proof, if you will. No spells can exit the room while these doors are closed, so it is a very important part of the experimentation procedure to close them and a safety rule to knock loudly before entering. Okay. Okay. So if you ever enter these doors, what must you do? Knock real loudly. Yes, and once you're inside? Close it. Excellent. So back again at the circular room. She leads you down the center hallway that again has open archways as opposed to doors. Here are our offices. Every researcher has their own office for purposes of paperwork, papers, reports, etc. We've been working on attempting to get what the normies call uh, a Wi-Fi working in the building so we can utilize computers in our offices. Handwriting uh, a 90-page research report can be a bit time-consuming. Um, as you pass by the doors, you see most desks are empty, but there are the occasional sorcerers reading files or concentrating on whatever they are writing. At the end of the hall, there are a pair of glass doors. And here is the office of the head of the research department, Dr. Rowan Raspert. After they graduated Hogweed, they went and got degrees from some of the top universities of the world and became an actual science doctor in the Normie industry that, of course, was recruited to be the head of the Department of Research. They're very cool and very smart, and also my hero. I'm sure you will work with them at some point. 
I can't wait. They sound amazing. <laughs> they really are. Um, there are two hallways left in the round room. She begins walking down one. All right, this hallway is a mixture of things. There are some potion, uh, there are some potion laboratories right at the front here. Then there's some labs specifically for Normie exper experiments to help us better understand their concepts. We recreate some of their experiments sometimes. And then finally, at the end of the hall, we have our main labs where our biggest experiments take place. Here we are combining the effects of Normie science and sorcery in practice. Oftentimes, if something exciting has been discovered or we're onto something, we'll be invited to a demonstration led by another researcher. That way, a group of minds with different perspectives and views can come together and contribute to help uncover bits of the puzzle. Does that make sense? Yes, finally! I really appreciate your enthusiasm. I appreciate that this exists. <laughs> um, back in the circular room, Desi glances at the other hallway but doesn't move to go down it. This hallway is also restricted. Again, high security clearance. There are some things we're working on that are exceedingly dangerous to others, should experiments go wrong. For the safety of others, you need to be clear before you're allowed to enter. Now, do you have any additional questions? Oh, 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 so many. Um, uh, have, have you done much research into um, how, how magic affects the brain and how, how, you know, normie science of, you know, synapses and neurotransmitters interact with magic? That is a good question. Why don't we move into my office and we can discuss some of the details more? I'd love that. Uh, <clears throat> Alright, so Celeste. <clears throat> Once Porter has shooed off the man assumingly named Paul, she gives you a wide smile. Celeste, so happy to have you here. You're going to have so much fun in our press offices this year. You're going to get to know the ins and outs of how publicity works from a government standpoint. Shall we do a quick tour? Oh my goodness, let's please! Past the initial entrance to the press offices, there is a large room filled with cubicles and working employees. The click of typewriters working furiously, clinking and chiming echo throughout the room and cause a ruckus of chaos. Porter tries to speak over it but gives up quickly and scutters across the room to a much quieter hallway. She turns to you and she says, oh, that's better. Sorry about that. Anyways, as I was saying, this is what we call the herd. It's a group of writers, researchers, and other small employees who are focused on creating content for us to push. More often than not, the Daily Oracle actually uses freelance pieces to fill their publication. Several papers do, actually, and so we hired a fleet of freelance writers to submit to the Daily Oracle. This is strictly confidential, by the way. The DO has no idea we do this, but this is just one way we influence the papers. As you can imagine, it gets very annoying when reporters are constantly sniffing around the sanctum, they get in everybody's way, take up valuable time, and try to snoop around. It's always messy, so it's much easier for us to provide information this way rather than allow our daily practices to get interrupted by the Oracle's nuisances. Past the herd are a few offices with glass doors, all closed and filled with people looking annoyed. Um, a few of them have what looks like small compacts in their hands, and they're talking into what you would assume to be their reflections. These are our liaison offices. Every one of these people are responsible for being in contact with their assigned publication. These publications are supposed to give them rundowns of what is being published in the next issues. That way, if there's anything that needs to be intercepted, we have time to come up with a plan or alternative. If you look in, you can see each office has copies of different publications plastered to the walls. Uh, each liaison is like writing notes. Some of them are talking, uh, talking to their compacts and making notes. All of them look pissed off. The next set of offices look bigger, a bit fancier. 
Uh, there's one in each corner of the large room with a set of double doors in the center. And here are the offices for our big boys. That's my office over there. Like I said on orientation, I'm in charge of crafting statements from the Sanctum or specific Sanctum workers to address various things when needed. Over there is our photographer who provides official images to the publications for use. We also have our editor who edits pieces from the herd before being submitted, just so we have the best chance of them getting published. And then in that corner is our marketing strategist. They are in charge of crafting the image we want to put out there, especially when we need to figure out the proper angle for whatever stories that are going to be released. Well, it certainly is a lot. Honestly, I, I, I'm, I have so many questions. First off, um, I, can I ask the kind of elephant in the room one? Uh, what, what is your feelings on... I, I know you work deeply with the Daily Oracle. What are your feelings on with Miss Margarita Mosquito? She is the bane of my existence, of everyone's existence here, really. Oh, thank god, we're going to get along so well. Perfect. I hate her! She's awful! Honestly, everyone in the press is awful, but we have a specific person who handles her directly. Um, she points at the double doors in the center of the room. Um, if you look over, there's a large light bulb above the doors. It's bright red and it's on, casting a scarlet glow on its surroundings. She said, this is Winona's office. She's the head of the publicity department. Obviously, she's always extremely busy, and she's very hard to pin down. However, when she's in her office and working on something essential, this light is on. At no point is anyone allowed to disturb her. She manages the whole office, but also takes on special high-priority cases. I know Henry Porter's stories are specifically handled by her alone. She's quite the powerhouse. She does it all. She'll write, edit, take photos, create marketing plans, and even interfere when our liaisons can't talk a publication down from publishing something. She always manages to get it done. It's remarkable, really. I mean, she works harder than anyone I know. Hmm. I need to meet her. I've decided. I, uh, I very much need to meet her. Oh, absolutely. As soon as she has a free moment, I will I will make sure that you two meet. Um, I know it probably won't be today. We have kind of a really annoying article battle right now going on between us and the Oracle, and she's dealing with it, so she is not in the mood for anything but that. Um, but maybe next week, if things are better. Well, alright. Well, I'm going to hold that to you. Um, but I would absolutely love to meet her. Um, I guess the next question is, uh, what, what do I do in this? That is a great question. Uh, why don't you come to my office, and I will give you the lowdown. Lovely. Oh, I love how you decorate here. <laughs> so, Ren, you follow Carson through the door of the waiting room to find a different waiting room. Uh, this one is smaller and less generic looking. Carson was a quick walker, and he doesn't look back at you as he says, The first waiting room is for people who somehow gain access to this floor who aren't supposed to gain access. The doors won't actually open for them, and they wait around until either they give up or I show up and tell them that Claire has no time for them. Uh, the second waiting room is accessible via floof. Uh, again, only <coughs> special access for the people who are actually expected or welcomed. Very few people have access. Sometimes people who are in the building and have access will enter through the elevator, and they will be able to open the doors into the actual sitting room. Okay, and that now includes me? Yes. Okay. 
So there, there's a desk in the real sitting room, covered completely with files, papers, lists, and several packed calendars. Carson stops by this desk and drops his notebook onto it and picks up a stack of files, handing them to you and picking up another stack. He pauses for a second and looks at you for the first time. <clears throat> This is my desk. Uh, the files are from various departments. None of them are fucking labeled, but you'll get the gist of how to keep them straight. Everything that is supposed to go to Claire, I bring to her when they should be brought to her. Not everything gets to her right away unless it's a high-priority file or something with a shorter due date. I have to stagger what goes to her so she doesn't get overwhelmed, but still gets everything done on time. The papers are memos, schedule changes, requests for meetings, etc. Those never get to her. I either schedule it or throw it out. If it gets scheduled, I inform her at the beginning of the week what's going on her agenda and then every morning what is on the schedule that day. If she doesn't think it's important or doesn't want to do it, she either reschedules or cancels, though she rarely reschedules. It's usually just canceling. For this reason, every day I have backups that I can suggest in place of the cancellation, or she can use that time to get things done. She never has a free moment. If she's ever sitting in her office with nothing to do or nobody to see, something is wrong, but it hasn't happened yet. The calendars are all hers. She has so much on her schedule. I had to split it up by category. The purple one is for important meetings, orange is for unimportant meetings, red is due dates, yellow is social obligations, blue is for the twins, green is for Celeste, black is for Calvin, pink is for personal tasks, brown is backup. So I have monthly spreads, weekly spreads, daily spreads for all of the above calendars. Plus I have one giant calendar that holds everything for every day, but that's hidden so people who walk in can't see her availability, and I just use it to memorize her daily agenda every morning. I get here every day before she does, and more often than not, when her day is over, at the office, I am still working, and I will floof back and forth from her home with deliveries, news, or what have you. Got it? Can I roll to see if I got that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do that. I'm gonna pick up Terrence's poop. Yeah, so I think that Ren, like myself, was attempting to take notes on that. I'm already overwhelmed. Not Ren. Me. <laughs> the idea of this happening is a nightmare. <laughs> um, okay. I love that I'm green. It's cute. Yeah. You're green. It makes sense that you're green. Okay, yeah. so I got that you were green. That's all that I I got. Purple is important. You're green. Orange is less important. Meetings. I think blue is the twins. Blue is the twins. Something else is Calvin. Yellow is personal obligation. Social? Social. You guys are doing great. Fuck you. Blue is twins. Gray... I hate this. What do I roll? Like, am I rolling for like a roll for an intelligence saving throw? What's happening? Yeah, do an intelligence saving throw. Okay, sounds great. Okay, that's a thirteen. Uh, okay, so uh, you kind of get the gist. Um, you know that not everything goes to Claire. Carson handles scheduling. There's a shit ton of calendars. Green is Celeste. There's a hidden. Ca- uh, there's a hidden calendar. Uh, okay. And and Carson... I got the colors written down. Okay. I have the colors. I did that. It happened. They might be wrong. I want to hear them. <laughs> um. So I think I try to. I take like a deep breath and then I fire back at him. Okay, so purple is important. Orange is less important. Blue is the twins. Red is things that are due. Yellow is social. Gray is Calvin, green is Celeste, and pink is personal? Did I, did I forget one? Uh, black is Calvin, brown is backup. Black is Calvin, okay. Brown is backup, okay, okay, so sorry. Alright. Brown is backup. There's no gray. No. 
That's weird. Okay. You know, this actually tracks for Ren, just because if you remember from, like, early season one, she remembered everyone's name, like, yep. right on the spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yup. She's super stressed, and now she's going into hyperfixing mode. Uh, so Carson adjusts the files in his arm, reaches down to grab his notebook, and looks, uh, looks at you very seriously. We need to give these to Claire. Don't speak unless spoken to. Stay quiet. Don't touch anything. But, like, okay... He, he turns around and he turns back to you and he goes, sorry, do you have a question about that? I have a comment, but I'll keep it to myself. Let's go. So without a comment, he turns around, uh, he spins on his heels and lightly knocks on the grand double doors in the center of the room. The doors are dark wood. Beautiful carvings of vines and flowers cover it. The vines are moving slowly, creeping up and across the doors. At Carson's knock, everything freezes. He pushes open the door, not waiting for approval, and slips in, leaving just enough room for you to follow. Excuse me, I have to burp. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, it's still- f- I feel like it's deep within me, but it doesn't want to come out. It's fine, it'll come out when it needs to. Like the rest of us. <laughs> With just enough room for you to follow. I will say, as this is happening, uh. mentally, Ren is going like, Okay, pretend you're Celeste, pretend you're Celeste, pretend you're Celeste. <laughs> Okay. And she pushes through. Amazing. The office is extraordinary. The wall across from the door is made entirely of glass, looking across London. You realize now just exactly how high up you are, and you're not sure if you've ever been this high, even on a broom. If you looked down through the window, you'd see a cloud hovering several floors below the building. The office itself on the inside was a mixture of tastes, but somehow seemed to suit one another. The floor was a modern marble, smooth and white, while the other two walls were covered with ancient-looking bookshelves. There was a lavish-looking seating area near the back featuring a fireplace with a decorated mantle and a stocked bar cart. The desk in the center of the room was quite large but tidy. It made the woman standing in front of it seem even smaller and slight than usual. However, the man perched on the edge of the desk seemed to suit the size of it much better. Professor Carver was there, apparently having a conversation with the minister when Carson interrupted. Claire glanced over her shoulder at him and held out her hands, looking to take the files. Carson handed her the files, took the stack from you, and set those on her desk. She began flipping through the top of the files and asks Carson, Are these all of the laws passed by the source in Gammon? Yes. And the rejected ones. The rejected ones waiting for veto are at the bottom of the stack on your desk. The rejected ones you didn't approve of are filed. And the trial's coming up. Your judgment recommendations have been sent to head sorcerer Levy. And lunch with the prime minister. Cancelled again. He insisted on rescheduling. Told him I would, but not when. I've left him off a schedule. Good. And who is that lingering behind you? Intern. will be assisting me this year. Hi, Mrs. Celeste, Mom. Calvin hasn't said a word during this exchange. Uh, He turns to watch Claire, though, as she looks at you. She observes you and slightly tilts her head, her eyes squinting ever so slightly. It's me. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Miss Tierney, pleasure to see you again. Good to see you, too. I promise I am going to be the best intern that you've ever had. Roll perception. (laughs) Okay. I love that he's like, don't say a fucking word. And immediately I'm like, hi, Celeste, Swam. <laughs> don't. Guess what it is. Guess what it is. Is it a fucking yeah. one? It's a fucking one. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, with my perception, it's three. 
What do I get with a nice old three? For a second, I get fired. You the answer you is I get fired. <laughs> and you think that there is no fourth wall to the office, and that's so dangerous. Someone could fall out so easily. That's terrifying. There's no fourth wall. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Shut I don't up. think there's a fourth wall. Shut up. Is that what we're doing? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> you get nervous that you're gonna fall out the, the non-existent window. Okay, I get a little closer to the door. <laughs> um, <laughs> so after a moment of staring at you, um, and you, <laughs> you getting nervous about falling out the wall, um, she looks over at Kelvin and places a hand gently on his shoulder and quietly says to him, I need to get these proposed laws off my desk. I'll see you tonight. Um, he nods, standing. Uh, he gives you an encouraging pat on the shoulder as he floofs away in the fireplace. Um, she looks Bye, over professor. at Carson. She looks over at Carson and says, Carson, please go bother Vaganoff again for that signature I need from him and remind him as he checks off whichever box he chooses that his wife is still waiting to schedule a dinner with me and imply that should he make the right choice, he might finally be get penned onto the schedule. Um, he says, absolutely. Uh, and then he looks at you, uh, Ren, raising an eyebrow and tilting his head towards the door. But before he can actually make a move, you hear Claire say, but leave the intern. He looks confused, but doesn't hesitate longer than a moment before exiting, leaving you alone with Claire. <laughs> Imogen. No! <laughs> oh, I love being evil. Emogene. I'm not going to say it like that. My name is Jean, and I'm very emo. <laughs> That's what I heard. You're going with OG Celeste first three episodes, are you? Well, it is, it is 2011, so I'm sure there's an emo gene somewhere at Hogweed. There is. <sighs> it's just Imogen in two years. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Imogen. Tessie has given you the tour of the research facilities. Uh, she leads you back to the office corridor. She enters through the third archway on the left and sits down behind a desk, gesturing for you to take a seat across from her. Now, Imogen, while you're assisting us here, you will, of course, be involved in our experiments and current research. However, I do want you to be able to get something out of this relating to your own interests. So tell me, what are you interested in? Oh, that all of the experiments and research? All of it? Just everything? Everything! Well, I mean, that is quite a lot. We've done a lot of research in the past, and we're planning for a lot of research in the future, and we're, we're doing a lot of research right now. Okay, um... Well, I'm interested in, um... I guess, the... How normie science in, and magic interact, and how... How that? I mean, this seems like the your the whole deal of this department is is what I've been trying to research in the past couple of years and have found nothing. Um, but I want. I'm interested in understanding what magic is, perhaps even on a scientific level, so that so that we can help people and do good things. And understand what what understand the tools that we use to to do things, and not just accept it as a given, but to understand what it is and how we can use it better, and 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 everything. 
very interesting, Imogen. I think that is an absolutely wonderful mindset, especially in this department of curiosity and wondering, and especially wondering about origins. That is something that is so widely debated and unknown. Um, are, are you taking elemental magic at Hogweed? Yes, I am. Excellent. That is the perfect class to take alongside uh, your internship here, um, as it uh, explores the, um, the the more personal aspect of the origin of magic. Um, I I'm familiar with uh, Professor Rios, who who teaches it. Um, she uh, she's been invited a few times into our facilities to discuss her theories and, and what she's discovered through her practices, and she has been a, a very um, very helpful in us understanding, um, you know, the, the differences in, in um, mindsets when it comes to, to magic and how that can actually change how magic manifests within uh, an individual sorcerer. Yeah, um, I, I really enjoy her class. It's just, I remember um, the first time uh, when she talked about magic and I asked her how, how because she says it's all about one's own one's own perception and connection to their own magic and I asked about how if everyone has a different idea of it how can we how can the, our magic interact and how can we better understand and help people who who don't have magic who have been affected by magic and she didn't she said there's not really an answer and that it's just fine how it is and um, and I, I I I was just a little frustrating because I want it's it's like no one really, it, 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 until until I heard about this department, it seemed that no one really c cared about figuring out the details of magic. They just accept that it works, and you know if you get it to work for you, that's fine. But but there's there's so much more that we can do if we understand it. You know. I understand what you mean. I know that. The lack of information can sometimes be very frustrating, um, especially for those of us sorcerers who are very inquisitive and, and very um, of the mind of longing to, to understand the origin of things. Um, the difficulty with magic is that it is such an old and ancient thing that when it was created, you know, we we believe that people weren't even here yet; that it was it was there and it, it existed before humankind. Um, so we do not have legends and stories of, of that to, to have been passed along. It just existed. So while we do our best to, to further advances in that research, we, we also are focusing on what we can do now. Because if we are stuck in the researching of the past, we won't be able to move as far forward as we can. So at this department, we kind of act as, as scientists, yes, but also as historians. Um, which is a very dis difficult task to to combine, but that is uh, that that is what we what we do here. I, I love it, and I love science and history and just the interaction of all those things. But you said magic come, uh, obviously was created or came into being long before humans or life or so many things. So to say that magic comes from like, to, from one's own perception of it, to from from something 
that we create. It's not it's not something that we create or we feel. It's something that we're harnessing. And so we can't we can't be like, oh, it comes from my bones or it comes from uh the my blood or the something that I'm pulling out of somewhere. It's it is it is a thing in and of itself. So there has there's there's a way. I know there must be a way to understand it or at least to 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 get some understanding of what it is separate from ourselves. I think and there's there's a bit of a difference between what Professor Rios is speaking about in her classes and and the origin of magic. It started as um We'll call it a substance. Perhaps it's a substance. And that somehow became part of us. What Professor Rio speaks about is not just magic, but your magic. Where it comes from within you, for you, where where you connect to it. And she really... Um, she really is working to build up confidence in her students and build a strong bond between the student and their own magic so that they are able to have a, a better relationship with it and strengthen it so that uh, they have a better control over, over themselves and their magic. Personally, I don't think elemental magic should at all be an elective at Hogwarts. I think it should be a required class from day one, but, you know, that is that is just me. So I think... I think the work that we do here, the historian aspect of it, looking into the origin of magic and how it fused with us, versus the work at Hogweed, looking at your own magic and where it comes from for you, will work well in tandem, but should be considered separate. Okay. I guess that, that makes sense. I just... It's. Imp I won't. You have to. I guess you have to understand and look into everything in order to gain any insight on a single thing. It is. It is a difficult reality of science. Is that? But that's the fun part, isn't it? <laughs> we yes. We we look for all the answers and we love every discovery and every bit of what we can find, but there is a very difficult challenge of accepting that we will never know it all, and the things we do discover may not be the answers that we were looking for, but we but have to something. be grateful. It's something, exactly. We have to be grateful for what we do find, what we do discover, and and we can take that, and we can run with it. I'm real excited to do that. Me too. So, um, if, if you have, um, if you have any other interests, I would love to hear about them. And I would also love to discuss my own personal work with you as well. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I, right. I'd love to hear everything. Well, what I'm working on currently is combining normie science uh, regarding the basic laws of physics with spells that defy those laws and spells that follow them. For example, Flippidippius. 
My hypothesis was that in order to push something back, a force needed to be applied. This follows Newton's third law of motion, which is a basic normie science law. After experimenting, this was proven correct as the spell doesn't necessarily just cause the target to fall back, but a force is produced to knock the target back. So we began a series of tests regarding how to utilize the spell in unconventional ways and find the specifics of how it works and what the limitations are. Um, we are continuing this line of experimentation currently. So we are, we are seeing um, what, what this spell really does at its root. I know it is often taught and described as a spell to knock a target someone back, but it really has more uses than that when used correctly and understood properly. Um, and that is what we are doing with, with all of the spells that, that we've been um, working with. Oh, I'm so glad. I've, I've been, I've brought this up in many of my classes that it it's, we're using a spell for, and we couldn't, we think of it as one one thing. I mean, often it's because our incantation is a Latin root that says one thing in particular, but what the spell actually does is is the origin of that. And I've been, I, I was asking a lot last year about how how spells can affect like our brains and the neurotransmitters and the levels of the like endorphins and and, and norepinephrine and all and all, serotonin and all those things and. Uh, and how they affect like the electrical signals in our synapses, and how we can use use spells on it, like spells that we definitely already know on on a more particular level, a more precise level, to safely in, in influence the brain, not in a mind control way. I'm hearing that now, but in a just a, in a helpful way, like to uh, like to undo mind control, basically. Excellent theory. That is uh, that is similar to what we are what we are working on is is really taking apart these common spells that we know and and finding what exactly they do because they they were discovered and a purpose was put onto them but that doesn't mean that's necessarily the spell's full function and I think that yeah. spells can be broken down even further into a very very basic description of an action that it creates yeah and and like with with me mum's research it's i mean we we in our magical community we do like you know our the spells we have with their latin root incantations and all that but if we work work together with other magical communities who that have formed up using their own their own completely different like set of spells, a different set of of ideas, then it's it's a better way to understand like the similarities between how our magic works and the differences and how we can harness that instead of just just doing the same things over and over and being trapped by our own perceptions of what our magic is. Imogen, I think you're going to do very well in this department with us. I can't wait. <laughs> Celeste. Imogen is just pretty much crying. <laughs> oh, this makes me so happy. <laughs> happy tears. So, Celeste, now that you've seen how the press offices run, Porter informs you that for the first part of the day, you'll be shadowing her to learn how her job gets done. And the first thing on her list is to go over the requests from various publications for statements. She says, 
Alright, Celeste, today is a pretty slow day. Not too many scandals, luckily. Um, it looks like we only have 15 statement requests. I'll show you what I do, and then maybe if you get how the job is done, I'll let you do one. You should be in cycling through the statement requests, deciding which ones have merit. So this request is for Sir Vaganoff with the Source and Gamut. The Daily Oracle wants to know if he's voting yes or no to the new law the minister has proposed regarding diversity mandates on company board of directors. So this is one we definitely want to get a statement for because it could be tricky later on if he never responds. A lot can be assumed from silence, remember that. So now this one is asking if Connors in the Department of Defense actually is allergic to weasels. This is... Ridiculous. Of course, we're not going to honor this statement. We're not even going to respond with no comment. This is thrown yes, out. That one seems a little less priority. Exactly. So now look at these two statements and tell me which one we should pursue and which one we shouldn't. She hands you two cards with requests on them. One is for the head of defense, Hermia Ranger Reesley, asking if Henry Porter is still a sorcerer fed, but on assignment within Hogweed. The other is asking if Minister Chapman's interest in the LGBTQ community and her, and her advocacy for the equality laws are hinting towards her actually being a lesbian and if her husband is just a beard. Well, they, they both kind of seem ridiculous to me. Um, I, I suppose the, the latter of the two is the less important? I mean, sure, there's pro- um, I mean, let's be honest, probably, but is that- well, not about, like, not not about my father being a beard, but about my mother probably also swings the other way. But, I mean, like, like, who cares? Who cares? I mean, like, who, who, who amongst us don't? Um, so, I suppose my guess would be towards the Henry thing? I love that you literally just told this woman, eh, my mom probably, like, my, pro my mom's probably into girls. <laughs> Once again, like who isn't? <laughs> Seriously, it's it's not it's not like a, like oh she she probably doesn't like my my father. I'm trying to be very clear that like no they're very much in love, but like sure she probably was at one point in her life into girls. Like who cares? Who cares? Uh, Porter nods and she goes, pretty much. Um, we get uh, inquiries every single day, um, asking for a comment on whether or not the minister is actually a lesbian. Um, we just ignore those. Uh, they're just annoying, honestly, at this point. A nuisance. It's just because she's strong, isn't it? You know, it's because she's a, a woman in power, and women in power can't ever be straight women in power. Well, that and also no other politician has uh, pushed for such a progressive uh, agenda before, especially regarding equality. Um, so, of course, because it is, you know, very much making sure women are as equal as men, but, you know, also the LGBTQ community, everyone knows she is a woman. Um, so they are assuming that she also is probably part of the other community as well. Oh, Lord. Well, Those are mostly the gossip magazines. Yes, I hear them in the amongst the reporters who yell at us. And honestly, it's all ridiculous. We're not focusing on the on the important facts. Plus, aside from our last minister, they were all cis, all white, all straight. You know, there was no, no diversity, and of course the those focuses weren't being made. Exactly. But uh, the uh, statement asking about Henry Porter, whether he's still a sorcerer fed, 
that is something that that sounds like it's probably part or part of a bigger uh, conspiracy piece that we would want to shut down. So we will need to ask um, the the head of defense uh, for a statement regarding that. If she gives one to us, if not, we'll just release a blanket statement from the sanctum oh. that uh, Porter is no longer employed with us. So we're not so much looking to see if there's any validity in it. We're looking to see if we should if we need to stop that kind of talk. Exactly. So uh, my job is is never about whether or not what is being said is true. It's uh, it's about what the sanctum says in response to someone looking um, to see if whatever they're looking for is true. Ah, wonderful. Then yes, the first one absolutely needs to be shut down. Great, so what we're going to do is we're going to take our cards that have been approved. So we have five, ten have been rejected, um, and, and we'll go speak with the requested person. Now, the higher profile people, we won't necessarily speak with them directly. Um, for, exa- for example, Sir Vaganoff um, is very busy with lots of, um, lots of people trying to get things from him, oftentimes because he never does his own actual work. Um, and uh, we have to ask for a statement from his assistant or whomever. Alright, um, well, I suppose we have a pretty short list, uh, we should get started. Am, am I going to need a keycard or something? I know that's how most people get into the elevators here. Oh, we'll figure that out later. You'll just come with me for now. Um, so, uh, so Porter takes you, uh, first to the Department of Defense. Um, she, the Department of Defense is, is a really long, uh, hallway. It looks kind of like a standard hallway. Cubicles on one side, offices on the other. You walk past the whole hallway, all the way down to the, uh, all the way down to the end. Um, you pass by, uh, Edison, who is working with, uh, Dawn. Um, and something clumsy is going on, but Edison seems very amused, like he's having a very good time. Edison, Edison, don't drop that box! Edison, oh! Oh, that looked like it hurt. Okay, keep going, keep going, don't look. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the hallway, you reach- oh, yeah? Is Lucas with Edison? Of course Lucas is Is with Edison. Lucas is helping carry boxes. Lucas is trying to help carry boxes, but Lucas is not very good at it. Lucas is perfect. Okay, hold on, Porter. We need to stop for just a moment so I can watch that dog try to carry boxes. That seems to have precedence over anything going on. Lucas is uh, is trying to hold it in uh, in his mouth, but it keeps slipping through his teeth because he's not holding oh. it tight enough because he knows he has big teeth and he doesn't want to get holes in the box. So he's like oh. ju- like gingerly trying to hold it with like his front flat teeth, and he's like, um, but it keeps slipping oh. out because he has a very gentle jaw. Yeah, and Edison is trying to like catch it, but he has his own boxes, and Don has already dropped his boxes, and papers are just flying everywhere. Oh, hello! Oh, gosh! How did a breeze get in here? Okay, okay, we need to go. This is a mess. So you walk down to the end, and uh, and there are the doors to uh, Hermia's office. Porter knocks on the door and slips inside. Hermia is at her desk, um, and she looks up, and, and she says, Ah, yes. Um, uh, c- of course, Porter, come on in. Um, and Celeste, good to see you. This is a surprise. Hello, Miss Ranger Weasley. So lovely to see you. What are um, what, what are you doing with the uh, with Porter today? 
Well, as you know, or may have heard, uh, my class has been doing an internship, and I was lucky enough to be partnered with her. Yes, the, um, the Hogweed interns. I, I uh, heard about it from Don, um, who of course has, has an intern of his own, the dog. Uh, yes, um, they're doing great. They are doing wonderful. No problems at all. Um... <laughs> <laughs> That's good to hear. The last thing we need is chaos on this floor. Yes, I, I'm sure that they are just not contributing to chaos at all. Honestly, um, I'm hoping that next internship I might have a chance to work with you as well. I really want to get uh, all of the strong women in the sanctum like under my wing as like people I've worked with. Oh, that's uh, that's very lovely. Um, definitely, if if at any point, um, I, I end up getting an intern, I will definitely keep that in mind. Um, so so, so Porter, uh, what can uh, what can I help you with today? What's uh, what's on the what's on the agenda? Um, Porter uh, sits down uh, across the desk and goes, uh, "We just need a quick statement, if you don't mind. Um, it, it's just a, a little thing." Um, Someone's investigating uh, Henry Porter leaving the uh, the Department of Defense, and some people are thinking that maybe he hasn't actually left, and he's on assignment at Hogweed, um, especially considering the past of the Sanctum involving themselves in Hogweed. Um, so do you have anything to say on that? Um, of course, as you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. I'll always edit it, um, send it to marketing and whatnot. And Hermia says, Ugh, of course. Well, all I have to say is that uh, he is no longer employed here. He left uh, due to his own choices and he, you know, wanted something different. Um, we, we have no investigations going on at Hogweed. Um, the government has mostly separated itself from the school as it was strangely weirdly intertwined in wartime so that was very weird i don't know why one school in the government would be so closely tied together that's just a, a yes. strange decision there are like 12 sorcery schools i could name off the top of my head it's very weird that it was just the one you know exactly it was it was very strange but we no longer do that we do have a department of education that helps Hogweed and several other schools run and, and make sure that everything that needs to be taught is getting taught and standards are staying high. Um, but besides that, we are certainly not involved and uh, Henry Porter is um, is no longer with our department. Um, Porter, Porter nods and she goes, perfect. Uh, yeah, that'll be super easy. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Hermia. Really appreciate it. Um, if, uh, if anything comes up, you know where I am. Um, can Celeste have her notebook dictate, dic like, dictate notes, like, take notes of, like, when we're in the rooms? Yeah, sure. I, I think she wants to, like, not only have, like, a good memory of what happened, but also kind of look impressive to, to Porter. Like, look like, oh, wow, she's doing her work. And also Perfect. while not having to actually do work. <laughs> Yeah, excellent. Great. <laughs> we love that for Celeste. Um, Success without work. What are you talking about? Why is that problematic for a white rich girl? You guys uh, you guys go around to a couple more people and you finish off uh, going to the source and gamut to speak with Sir Vaganoff. Porter says, no, I saved the worst for last. Sir Vaganoff is just, I mean, you met him the other day. He's just such, ugh, you know, a stick. 
Just a stick. Yes. Interesting character, that one. I could think of 10,000 things more interesting than him, the first being a piece of grass stuck to the bottom of my shoe. Oh, yes, you're right. That is much more interesting. Um, so she she takes you to the sourcing gamut offices, um, where if you had visited your mother at the Sanctum uh, years before, her office would have been before she became head sorcerer. So it might look a little familiar to you. Um, she she walks down the rows uh, and, and knocks on the door, and to her surprise, Sir Vaganoff actually is in. She opens the door, and he's sitting at a desk writing something down, and across from the desk in a chair is a miserable-looking Myra. She is sitting there, and she is just like, this sucks. Oh, no. Um, Porter, uh, Porter says, uh, excuse me, Sir Vaganoff, uh, if you could spare a moment, uh, I just needed to get a quick statement for you, from you on a, uh, on a proposed law. Um, he, he doesn't look up and, uh, he goes, uh, my, my intern will give you a statement. Um, she looks bewildered and she says, uh, what do I say? And he goes, well, I don't know what they're asking about, so have them ask you and then respond. Porter says, all right, uh, dear, why don't you come with us and we will take care of this outside of the office. Yes, we, uh, this is, we don't need to be bothering him with this. Come, come, Myra, come, come. And Celeste, once Myra kind of gets off the chair, is like almost ushering her out, like pushing her out, like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, so you guys exit the office, and just around the corner is a little, like, seating area where other members of Source and Gamut can gather and speak amongst one another. There's no one there for now. Um, Porter takes a seat, and she leans towards Myra, and she goes, I am so sorry you got stuck with him. Um, and she says, oh, it's fine. It's just boring for now. I don't think he understands what he's supposed to do with me, so maybe he'll figure it out. Uh, isn't there some kind of, like activity we can put Myra on like for today? I just feel so horrible that she's just sitting there. Like, I knew he was boring. I didn't know that he was going to make it all about that all day. Uh, Porter, uh, thinks for a moment. She goes, well, I can't assign her anything because she's not my intern, but uh, this evening I will speak with Hugo see if maybe I could even get her reassigned to a different member of Source and Gamut. He's just... Not right for an internship program, but because he is a senior, he was offered first, and for some reason, he took it. Okay, well, look, when we go back in, we need to make it look like Myra just gave the most spectacular interview possible. Like, I need at least- she at least needs, like, uh, I'm not yelling at you, good job, you know? Like, where he doesn't actually say good job, but he's just not yelling at her, and that's how you know you did a good job. Um, Porter, Porter nods and she looks at Myra and she goes, okay, so the statement we need is about um, a proposed law that the minister uh, is waiting on a signature from Vaganoff for. Um, it, it talks about how um, it, it's mandate for, for all major companies. They need to... Um, they need to have more diversity on their board of directors, so that means including women, people of color, people of the LGBTQ community, um, and making sure that, that more voices uh, and communities are heard in these major companies. Um, do you know anything about this? Um, Myra crinkles her brow and she thinks and she goes, I think he signed that earlier today. Um, the minister's assistant came by 
and asked for uh, asked for the signature. Um, and I, I don't know exactly which one he chose, but I do know um, that uh, the assistant said something about a dinner with, with Sir Vaganov's wife. Um, and I don't know. It seemed like when he heard that, he made up his mind. But um, I guess what you could say is that um, he's uh, he has weighed his options and put a lot of thought into it. He's signed the law and he's made his decision. Um, and news about it will be coming soon. Um, Porter nods and she goes, that is a very smart answer. Yes, you nailed it. Celeste's like kind of cheering her on in the corner. Myra looks relieved and she's like, thanks Celeste. Um, yeah, I think, I think today I'm just going to lay low, do anything he asks of me, if he asks me to do anything, um, and just kind of pay attention to whatever he's working on, just in case anyone has questions later? I don't know. Um, and then maybe if you speak to Hugo, I can get a more interesting mentor. Porter's like, yes. absolutely. We'll make sure of that. Honestly, even if we can just get you in with, with like, Ren, with my mother. You know my mother. It won't be a problem. Right, of course. So, uh, so Myra grabs your hand, Celeste. She goes, I really appreciate it. Thank you. I should probably go back in there, just in case. I don't know. He wonders. I, I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, I appreciate the break. Of course. Uh, honestly, I'll, I'll try to get Porter to come by one more time. Uh, just as a like, oh, we just need one last statement just to get you even just a lunch break. Or, do you know if you're getting lunch? Um, I think so. Um, he seems, you know, old and old people eat lunch. Yes, they usually do. I know that An I know that dear Andrew downstairs has a whole thing about lunch, but I, I don't know. He also comes off like the type of person who works through lunch, so just be careful about that. Uh, uh, give me like a give me like a look if when next time we come by, and I'll I'll, I'll take you out for lunch. Absolutely. Um, I'll I should be getting back, but um, I'll see you later. Yes, of course. Good seeing you. Uh, so Myra slips back in with Vaganov and, uh, and Porter stands and begins, uh, making her way back to her office. She says, great, so we have our statements. So the next thing we need to do is not write the statement, but go to marketing. We're going to meet the marketing manager who's going to read the statements, make sure that the spin is right that we want to be putting out. And then after we have the spin, I craft the statement, give it to li the liaisons to pass on. And that is how my job is done, for the most part, unless things get, you know, tricky or serious. Oh, okay. So it's it's like a manager, you know, an image ma manager. Sorry, I burped and it triggered Hey Siri and I didn't hear you. Oh shit, no, Hey okay. Siri happened again. What? <laughs> oh, so it's like a publicity manager, you know, somebody who can just make sure that we say things right and every and our image stays good. Yes, exactly. He is responsible for the image of the Sanctum, and he uh, he is in charge of making sure that everything that is put out officially from the Sanctum uh, falls in line with that image, just to make sure everything is consistent, we don't confuse the public. A lot of people are looking towards us, and we don't want to mess anything up. Very interesting. I would definitely love to meet him. Or her. Of course. Uh, so or let's him. go meet him right now. Yes, of course. Let's go. Um, Ren. Huh. 
So, Carver left through the flue, Carson left mm-hmm. through the doors, and you okay. are alone with Minister Claire Chapman, who was looking at you. Um, I pull out the little notebook that I've I I brought for interny stuff, because I figured that interns need notebooks, and I open it up and I put the pen to paper and I say, "Is there anything you need?" I love it so much. <laughs> um, she she's looking at you and she glances down at your notebook and then back up to your face and she goes, "Please take a seat." Oh, in, in the in the cha- in the chair or on the floor? In the chair. In the chair. All right. Okay. I just didn't know that if, like, that if the chair was for, like, really important people and, you know, I'm just here interning so I didn't want to, like, sit in the wrong place and, like, have it be, like, super disrespectful so I just wanted to make sure, okay. Well, but, yes. I love that there are chairs and Ren goes on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, Claire uh, leans forward on her desk and she kind of, like, rests her, her chin on the top of her hands. And she continues to look at you and then she says... So, why exactly did you choose to partake in this internship? In the internship in general, or for uh, your office in particular? Well, let's go with my office. Well, you know, working with the Minister of Sorcery is um, a real honor, and, you know, I I thought I'd just shoot my shot with that. I just want to remind everyone that this was an assigned position. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but her her brain is thinking like she thinks that I chose this and that this is the last thing I would have chosen. (laughs) So she's like, oh fuck, I gotta cover that up. (laughs) She says, well, um, of course a serpentine would be so ambitious as to go for the highest office in the sanctum as an internship, I definitely applaud that. Um, what are your ambitions? Like, in general, or in regards to this office? In general, unless they have to do with this office. Um, that is a good question, and one that makes sense to ask first and foremost. You know, Okay, I gotta be honest with you. I'm like super terrified right now, and I know you're Celeste's mom, and you're super intimidating and wonderful, and you're like super good at your job, and and all of that. But I'm I I know that I've met you before, before you were like minister and all that. Definitely ramped up the intimidation levels. Um, so I just wanted to be clear and honest on that level. Um, that being said. I don't know if I have ambitions that could be put into so many words, like get into a certain stand-in or office or, you know, a certain occupation. I more so just want to... I want to learn as much as I can in order to help other people, whether that's, you know, in the... In the, in the ministry or sanctum yep 
if whether that's in the sanctum or at at Hogweed or elsewhere, I just I want to be able to focus my talents towards things that can make a difference and then on the things that I'm not so talented at I want to get better at. Um and this is probably not a, a very good answer because it's not exactly um answering, but that's that's all I know at the moment. Um this is most certainly a first. Clara looks taken aback, like openly, like not trying to guard her emotions. She looks startled. Um, she looks away from you, kind of like down at her desk. Her eyebrows furled, like she's trying to figure something out. Um, and then she looks back up at you with an interesting expression on her face, very cautious, and she goes, I'm sorry. Um, and she stands up from her desk and takes her jacket off and she gingerly sets it on the arm of her chair and you can tell that she is being extremely analytical about every move she makes. She clasps her hands together in front of her, not looking at you, but still looking befuddled. And she, um, she admits something. She says, I know that, um, I know that I've always been, um, serious for, for a very long time, but I, I didn't realize that, I didn't realize that I'd come across, um, like that. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't, um, I didn't intend to, to scare you. Um, no one's, no one's ever told me something like that before, um. Oh, I. No, no, I'm so sorry. I don't. You know, I I put my foot in my mouth all the time. I didn't. You're. You don't scare me. Everything in the world scares me. So it's not you. I I will admit that I do find you a bit intimidating, but I think that's because I admire so many of your qualities. You're ambitious, you're strong, you know what you want, you're driven, you're not afraid to say yes, but also not afraid to say no, and those things terrify me because I can't do them. And so if there's any part of being scared of you, it's more so from admiration. I, I apologize for the way that I, I said that. I think maybe there are others out there that feel differently, but I know Celeste and I know the professor and I feel like because of that I know you a lot better than just making those assumptions but please forgive me for saying so um I ask you don't apologize um this is just surprising I suppose and makes some other things make sense like how others react to me I don't know I just I, I never I um never thought about it before I don't think um she she walks over to to the sitting area uh, in the back of the room and she kind of sits down and she looks back over at you and she goes um please join me um sure I have to say that um 
I think it I think it makes sense. But I always thought it was just because I don't know, I've never thought I was likable. Well that doesn't make any sense, but go on. Well, back at Hogweed, I was top of my class and I was very focused on my academics, so I didn't really have time for other people, and I don't really think that social interactions are worth the time. There are other things that I need to do. Other things that are much more useful to other people. So, I just never prioritized it, and I was fine. I don't know why I'm saying this. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, don't be. It's okay. I I talk all the time about so many things. It's, it's only fair somebody else gets a chance. And prioritizing your your studies and your education to work towards the betterment of others that's not a bad thing you know some people some people try to help others by 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 listening to them and sitting them down for for therapy circles and some people do it by helping their friends study and other people do it by doing all they can to get themselves in a position where they can help other people all of those are right just because you do one and not the other doesn't mean you're wrong. You are very good friends with Celeste? She's my best friend, yeah. What do you think about her? Are you talking like in general or, or specifics? I don't understand how those could be different. Okay. Well, um... Well... You know, I, I, what do I think about Celeste? Well, I, I think about her a lot, so, um, she's, she's strong, and ambitious, and, and driven, and protective, and smart. She's really funny, and, you know, she, she'll always go out on a limb for you. She's a lot better at talking to people than I am. So I kind of just let her do that part. <laughs> um, and she... I don't think she expected to connect to people in the way she does. You know, Miss Chapman, some of the things I admire the most about you I see in her. And I don't know, I, I don't know what I would... I don't know who I'd be without her, without my friends. Without all of them. And of course she's like, good at magic and is good, good at school and... And like she has a beautiful singing voice and she's like really pretty, but those aren't as important, you know, as the parts on the inside. <laughs> what was the question? I think you answered it. I heard, um, I heard about you this summer that you, um, <laughs> that you're, you're, you're dating someone on your, your broom zoom team. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, um, the, the daughter of the Kims, correct? Ah, uh, Kat, yeah. Kat, Catherine. Um, it's, yeah. a, it's a shame about her parents, really. Yeah, I wish... I wish we knew what happened. Or where, where they went, or what happened with that. You haven't heard anything, have you? No, just that they, um, they have been, um, investigating. Um, but, um, no news. Who's, who's, who's been investigating? 
they, they, the Kims have been? Or someone's been investigating to find the Kims or investigating the Kims? We've been investigating to their their disappearance. Ah, okay. Has has she said anything? Um, just that that they disappeared um, pretty suddenly. I I was um I, I was visiting her and only met her da briefly, just for a moment. Um, but the the next day apparently they were they didn't come home or something. I don't know. She's uh, quiet for a moment, contemplative, and she says, Well, do you know what she thinks of me? Celeste or Catherine? Celeste. Oh, okay. We're just kind of ping-ponging back and forth, so I I really have to make sure that I'm talking about the right girl. Um... Just be, be clear, you've been talking about Celeste the whole time. Even if you're not talking about Celeste, you're talking about Celeste. I don't know what you're talking you. about. I don't know. <laughs> you, I have no idea what you're talking about, actually. Um, my parents are way too invested in my dating life. <laughs> I know. This is scary. This feels like a shovel talk. <laughs> but worse. This, I just want to let you know, this is not how this conversation was supposed to go. You I, threw me for a loop when you admitted you were intimidated. How I didn't think that that was going to be a surprise to her, okay? Who yeah, would ever that admit either. that to a person? Ren! Yeah, right. <laughs> Immediately! Honestly, honestly, when you did it, I was like, this is the one way you're, you're going to disarm my mother. This is a I good choice. I got flabbergasted. I was like, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, okay, so she asked, how does Celeste feel? Okay. Yeah. Gotta get my girls right. Okay. Oh, well... I mean, you're her mom, and through thick and thin, that's not going to change. I think that's all you need to know. She's your eldest daughter, and you're her mom, and that bond is stronger than anything. So, you know, I, I can tell you and say all these words, but... I think you should ask her yourself. I think you'd be surprised to find what she has to say. I think you would be surprised how easily it can be for a mother to no longer be one to someone else. (laughs) No, I don't think that would be surprising at all. But I think what you've got is something different. You and her, you're cut from the same cloth, and that's why it might be too hard to see the similarities because some of the things that you may not love about yourself maybe some of the things you have in common but maybe in loving those things about her you can change your mind um looking at Claire you can tell that um there is a little bit of of shininess in her eyes. She, um, looks down at her lap, um, and before she can speak, um, there is a knock at her door. Um, I and- don't care, I go for a hug. <laughs> How dare you get a hug from my mother before me? <laughs> this is for you. This is, this is a Celeste hug transferred. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. 
So uh, at that at that moment, there's a knock on a door, um, and a, a woman pokes her head in, and she sees a child that is not the minister's hugging said minister, and she goes, um, "Minister, you have a a meeting." Um, and you feel Claire's hands fall from your back, and she goes, "Yes, um, thank you." Uh, uh, Carson is is still out, um, so just wait here for him, um, and he will be back. I don't know. I sent him on quite an errand, but just wait here. Um, she scoops her jacket up up from the chair that she had set it down initially. And she glances over at you one more time before exiting the room, um, a, a mixed expression on her face. I'll have coffee for you when you get back. She she exits, leaving you alone in the Minister of Sorcery's office. Imogen! <laughs> yes? Also, so, on another note, I, I, I drew Imogen in her lab coat. Because oh I think it's it's very important. I there. love her. I love it so much. I expect the lab coats in the Sanctum are like cross between a lab coat and wizard robes. So it's they're very voluminous. And the, the lapel goes into a hood that turns into like a protective face mask. And the sleeves, they're very voluminous and poofy. But because you don't want, you know, sleeves getting in your experiments, they're gathered at the wrist. And they're about, um, like, they're probably supposed to be mid-calf length, but on Imogen, they're, like, to her ankles and almost dragging on the floor, and it's adorable. That's amazing. I love her so much. Yeah. Is, is Imogen, Imogen's taller this year? Uh, no, she's back to being short. Got it, okay. <laughs> it, you know, in comparison to other people her age. Uh, um, Excellent. Uh, this yeah. is, this is not where I thought... The session will be right now. This is it's fun. exactly where I thought the session would We're be. Slid. Look, yeah, I I don't know, I don't know what you that. expected from me. I, if you need her to say something important. No, then we're gonna have to find no. another place to put it in. You know, no. uh, this group together and didn't expect a lifetime movie worth of emotions. It's red. Come on. It's red. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Ren. I'm not even sorry. Like, <laughs> I don't care if this derails your whole campaign. No, it's this. fine. <laughs> yeah, no, it it's seems fine. fine. No, it's it fine. Seems totally fine. It's fine. It was just really <laughs> unexpected. All right, Imogen. Yes. So, after a very lengthy and scientific discussion with your mentor, Desi. Um, she says, "All right, so I do have one task that I think um, I think would be great for you to do today." I'm it's so ready. That, it's nothing exciting, but um, it, it is. It, it will be quite helpful uh, to me and my coworkers, and um, it, it's just a, a brief introduction on, to you. Uh, you know, getting stuff done around here. Um, all right, so uh, if you follow me this way. Um, she leads you out of the uh, office's hallway and down the archival hallway. She walks into the, the fourth archway, uh, into an empty room, except in this room there is a big, like, uh, wheelie cart that's like a tub, and inside the tub are files. 
Um, all the files are closed, of course. And she taps the tab and she goes, so these files are what we like to call retired. Uh, they are experiments that are, that have been completed, uh, and, um, papers and things and resources that, uh, we do not need and we do not anticipate needing for a little bit. Um, so... Uh, inside of this room is, is the retired files. So, um, you can see on the floor different subjects are, are listed. Um, sometimes there's more than just that subject in there. There's a, a smaller, um, a smaller case that just needed to be put somewhere slightly relevant. Um, so all you have to do is stomp on the desired tile with the label on it that you think, uh, you will need, uh, find the folder with the files for that case, and just put them in order. Amazing. I can't wait. Alright, so if you have any questions, you know where my office will be. I am working on a proposal at the moment. Um, so you can go ahead and get started, and, um, come find me if you have questions, or when you're done, or you probably won't finish this today anyways, but go ahead. Okay, thank you so much. So inside the uh, inside this big wheelie tub of files, uh, I, there's just a huge amount of them. So go ahead. Can you roll me a d20? That's uh, a five. Okay. Do I add anything? No. Okay, that's a five. So you reach in, you, you ramble around a little bit with your hands, and you pull out a file. Um, and the file, uh, is not labeled on the front, so you have to open it to see what it is. Uh, and when you open it, you see, a uh, failed experiment in a bright red stamp pushed onto the top. So whatever this is, it was not successful. Um, and you see that this is, uh, this is regarding... That's not grammar. This episode has... Everything. <laughs> Mini games, disarming the Minister of Sorcery. Hugs. It's got Lucas. It's got dogs. <laughs> and the secret word is Cinnabon. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's what I meant. I was trying to be funny when I wrote this for myself and it did not go well. How do I phrase this in a better way? Don't. No, no, I need to. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, underneath uh, failed experiment, you see the title of it, um, and it says uh, plant reproductive spell analysis. Um, you might scan the first page and see that uh, the hypothesis, uh, it, it kind of speaks about how... Um, how they were trying to study plant reproduction and if it could have any ties into reproductive spells, um, as in uh, copying, multiplying. Whereas plant reproduction, they were they were talking about the cells, how cells repopulate within a plant. Um, mm -hmm. So you look on the floor now. Can you do an investigation check for me? I can certainly try. Okay. Investigation. So that is a 19. 19. All right. So you see a tile uh, kind of uh, not too far away from you uh, it, that says uh, natural matter. You think plants are natural matter. Perhaps that's the correct one. You give it a stomp. A filing cabinet pops up uh, and you pull out the, uh, the pea drawer. And there is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a... 
Uh, yeah. That's quite yeah, a stench in there. Remy, what's in the pee drawer? <laughs> what's in the pee drawer? Don't sound so excited, Colin. <laughs> I'm just interested to know what you were thinking. Oh, you, you really do file everything away in here. It is natural matter. I don't think there's anything that I can do. Because if I say drawer labeled pee, it's not gonna. <laughs> you can say oh, like I you know. can say like the the O through uh, Q. Yeah, okay, that's funny. O, <laughs> o through Q. God, we're five years old. So you <laughs> you open the drawer that's labeled O through Q, and you find the P five. The one with the letter P no, on it. You find. <laughs> You, you find the folder labeled plant and you start uh, filing through. You find where plant matter is. You pop that in there. Plant reproduction. I don't know. I can't think anymore. I'm just thinking about the pea drawer. <laughs> you know, because we, we sorcerers, we didn't have, you know, uh, plumbing for a long time. That's a very recent invention, a, a, re a real recent um, introduction to the sorcery world is indoor plumbing. So, um, yep. Okay. Uh, so uh, the, the second file, you go ahead, you open it up, um, and, and you see that there is a black stamp on the top that says retired. Not necessarily failed experiment, but whatever this is, this file is retired. Um, and it is regarding um, the, uh, the water creation spell. Uh, specifically looking, is the water pulled from the atmosphere? Is it created? Where does it come from? Etc. Um, and information on that. Uh, so roll oh, me right, an investigation um, check. Let's see. 17. So you look around on the floor, looking for another file that perhaps this could go into, and you realize, oh, maybe it's the filing cabinet I am already at. Uh, you go ahead, go down to the bottom drawer that is W through Z. You pull it open, and you see that there is a nice big folder labeled water. So you go ahead, search through, pop it in there. Bing, bing, boom. Can I look through the file and see the conclusion section? Sure, yeah. Noted. Um, it says, uh, inconclusive, more experiments to come. Noted. Um, so go oh, ahead and roll okay. me one more d20. With advantage. <laughs> That's a nine and a one. Nine. So you reach in, and you pull another file, and you open it. There is no stamp on the front of the page, um, and it on, on it it says, um, it just says, state of mind. Um, it's a very thin file. Um, it kind of, uh, it looks like it's paragraphs, but when you go to read it, you can't. Um, it, it's not in a different language. Actually, it's not in any language at all. Um, it, it, it's almost like uh, in the Percy Jackson yeah. movie when he tries to like read something and the words change. It, it's kind of like that. Like like the words are shifting. Like you can't just really focus on them. It doesn't make much sense. Yeah, the mist is stopping it. It's like a perception filter. Exactly. So go ahead, roll me an investigation. All right, that's a twenty-one. Shit. Nice. Okay, so, so um, with your twenty-one, um, you you look around the room. You wonder where could state of mind go. You you try to find. You're looking at the different tiles, and and several of them clustered together kind of make sense that they're in the same area. Some kind of seem random, and then in the back of the room, 
like in a corner, uh, almost faded. Um, uh, you, you see a tile simply labeled mine. So you go ahead, you step on it, and up comes the filing cabinet. Instead of the way it was typically filed, the the file there are less cabinets in this one. They're more widely labeled, probably because there are just less things in it. So you go ahead and you pull open the uh, the the third drawer, which uh, has the third fourth of the letters of the alphabet, which I don't know which ones they are, but you can assume it's like N or it's like M through no S. Sure. Sure. So you pull M through S open. Um, you see mind is there at the front. Um, if you would like, now would be a good time uh, to do perception check on this drawer. That's a nat two. I'm going to do another luck point because this is my shit. That's not good. Um, that's uh, perception. That's a ten. That's not good. Um, that's uh, perception. That's a ten. Um, random question. How how does Imogen feel when seeing seeing this really confusing file? She wants to understand it. She is very determined to um I don't know, at least look through other files in the file cabinet. She's very curious and wants to know things. All right. So, uh you uh you, you look into the mind folder there. Go ahead, shuffle through. And you go ahead, you put it in its place. Um and as you uh as you close that folder, something uh, in the back hap- uh, captures your attention. Almost like your vision has been sharpened a little bit. Um, it-, it just kind of like sticks to your mind. You look back and you see a word, a familiar word, on a very, very, very small, very thin folder. And it says, obliterate. I am looking into that. Um, you can see... Uh, you can see the dates on there are like 2003 in the top right corner of the couple of papers that are in there. And the the files that are in there are very vague. It looks like they're very redacted, um, but it looks like there was some experimentation. You can see the words that, uh, that are like undo. You can see words uh, that are like reverse. And you can see words that say complication. You can see at the very front of the couple of very redacted papers, there's a big red stamp that says uh, hmm. experiment failed. All right. Like the little researcher I am, I'm going to take that file and I'm going to bring it to my mentor to ask questions because I like her and this is my instinct. Okay. Uh yeah, okay, so you, you, you go find Desi, who is uh, sitting in her office. Um, she looks up and she goes, Imogen, yes, how is it um, How's it going? Are you having any trouble? No, it's going real well. I just, I'm, I, you said that I can come with, to you with any questions, and I, I, I came across a file when I was filing a, a file, and um, it's, it's really interesting, and I was hoping perhaps you could tell me what this experiment was about. Oh, um... Uh, sure, absolutely. Um, she she puts down uh, her writing utensil and and looks to to give her attention fully to you. And she goes, uh, "What um which experiment are you inquiring about?" Um, it's it, it has to do with the obliterate charm. She crinkles her eyebrows and she goes, uh, "Yes, I, I I think there was a, a few decades ago, probably something um that was done, um." regarding that, but I I think it was inconclusive. 
Yes, um, it does say experiment failed, but I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm interested in in how the how the experiment was was structured and any findings that that were there, because um, I mean it was a while ago, and you know we've gotten we've gotten more information on on uh, how how the brain works, and and there's been more more talking about about stuff like that since since then. So maybe yeah maybe. I mean, it was a while ago, and you know we've gotten we've gotten more information on on uh, how how the brain works, and and there's been more uh, uh, more talking about about stuff like that since since then. So maybe yeah, maybe. Uh, right. Um, I understand this is something that could definitely be. Um bit of a sensitive subject among some people, especially if they know people who are victims of the curse. Um, may I may I see your folder? Um, I just would like to take a look and, and see what the reference is. Yeah. Yes, it's uh, from 2003 is the year that it says, so it's... I don't know. You said you said decades ago, but you said that the department has only been around since uh, for maybe just over a decade, so... My mistake. It, it sometimes it feels like it's it's been forever since it it was created, and some of these older experience experiments have occurred. Um, we do so many of them, and and some of them kind of intertwine a little bit, so it can be timelines can be confused. Right, right. T- time is a weird soup. Can I get? Can I do an? Can I do something that is not very imagine and do an insight check? Go for it. Okay. That's a nat four. So an eight. Do you have any more luck points? I do have one luck point left. Should I use it on this? It's up to you. This seems it could be really important, but it's up to you. I'm gonna use it. It's still not great. Just not rolling well. Um, Alright, then that's a 13. Better than an eight. You're not sure what to think. She opens the file. She looks at it. She looks down at it and she goes... Oh dear, well yes, of course this would be quite confusing. It's so redacted. Um, I personally wasn't involved in this experiment. I was very new to the department back then. Uh, what what cabinet did you did you find this in? I, I don't I don't see this as being um it, it was mined. Mm, yes, of course. Um and and you had a file that belonged in there? Yes, it was um it didn't have a stamp on it, but it was labeled state of mind and and when I, I tried to read it, it got all fuzzy. Like, have you ever read Rick Riordan's uh, Percy Jackson series? I have a, um, a nephew who is uh, who's a big fan of it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's real good. But anyway, it describes uh, a similar effect of when you try to read something and it just shifts around. Mm, I see. Um, well, uh, apologies. That probably was put into the wrong, uh, the wrong top. But um, yes, this, this is a... Um, an experiment that uh, I believe was done again in 2003, as it says, and and I think they were they were looking for some kind of cure for the obliterate curse that was not, you know, what the the current believed cure is, because that is horrible and unethical. It's very bad, very bad. Exactly. So we were hoping to find something that um, could be actually used. However, I, I do not believe their experiments were successful, and in fact, I, I think that. 
um, they, they were finding that they needed to explore other areas and then hopefully return to the subject once uh, their information was um, more fleshed out. Well, it's been some time. Don't you think it's about time to return to the subject? That is a, a good proposal. Um, uh, perhaps I will speak to those who, who are more involved with that area. Um, I, I am more into, into physical aspects of spells rather than effects on specific uh, parts of the bodies or cures. Um, but I'm good friends with the colleague that does work with that area. It's, 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 it's also physical. Well, yes, of course, but um, I'm more of uh, less the, the actual um, physical uh, being uh, rather than the um, physical consequences of spells, if that makes sense. You're, you're more like the, like like physics rather than chemistry. Yes, precisely. So I, I will have a word with my colleague um, and bring it up, see where uh, see where they're at with their, um, their research and um, propose that perhaps maybe we should look into it yet again. Yeah, I think especially because this the department has had more time to to um, learn about normie normie studies, you know, psychology and neuroscience and and all that. There there's a lot more that you must have learned in the past uh, several years that that could really help because because I, I it doesn't say I wasn't able to read about what your research methods were for this particular experiment, but but. There, I'm sure there's, there's something, there, there, there's something, there's something there. Yes, of course. Um, oftentimes we will redact uh, old files, um, because they, um, they might have essential information that we would like to protect, uh, from those who may want it for the wrong reasons or may uh be able to use it. What would they use it for? Well, they could use it to cause harm. Um, of course, we do not believe that um, anyone is actively trying to get this information. However, elements of it, if it fell into the wrong hands, could uh, have potential for harm. Uh, anything we think anyone would actively be going after is is in that restricted room for protection of others. And uh, so it's just a precaution, really. We, we take extra precautions just to make sure um, everyone is, is as safe as possible, um, and that nothing we do can cause harm. Right. I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I always think of information as a good thing, that it can only lead to a better understanding of, of the world and, and how to make it better. But I guess, I guess you're right. Some people are, some people do bad things. Information can be a wonderful, beautiful, incredible thing, a very powerful thing. And anything with power, anything at all, can always be bad if used in the wrong hands. Right. Okay. Um. So you'll you'll bring up going back to this sort of experiment, this this topic. Yes, absolutely. We have a, a meeting once a month. I believe it is coming up soon, um, in which we make proposals and, and, and pitch experiments and and other things. And I will absolutely be bringing it up at this meeting. Well, would the meeting? Would I be able to attend the meeting? I believe it is a day where you do not uh, have your internship, and it is also um, a closed meeting. So it is only those of us who um, who head up the the experiments. Okay. Okay. That 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 makes sense. Um, thank you. Of course. Thank you very much. And if you ever have any other questions, please just let me know. Oh, I will. Oh, I, I'm sure you will. You seem rather inquisitive. In the best way. Oh, good. There's a lot of things to know. Indeed, there are. Celeste, you continue walking with Porter to the uh, marketing manager's office. Um, 
he uh, he's sitting at his desk when you enter, and he looks up and he goes, Porter, right on time. You got those statements for me? She says, absolutely, yes, I do, and I am ready for your guidance. This is my intern, Celeste. Um, she is very enthusiastic about what we do here, and I have a feeling that she is going to be a star. He stands and he offers a hand to you for a handshake, and he says, Oh, you do not have to introduce Miss Carver Chapman to me. I am absolutely aware of you, and I think you are splendid. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to get to know you. <laughs> you have a remarkable image with the press. I admire you for it. A very hard thing to have, even more difficult thing to keep, and I am wishing you luck. Oh, of course. My image is everything, of course. I work very hard to get to make sure that I have a pristine image and that people forget things I did first year at Hogweed. Oh, we've all been there. Absolutely. So let's take a seat. Let's pull out these statements. Uh, Porter, what have you got for me? Uh, she lays the five cards out and she goes, simple statements, slow day. We don't need much. And he goes, absolutely. All right. So let's take a look first at this, uh, this Vaganoff statement see what he has to say about this. Uh, we all know, we all know he's not enthusiastically for this bill. However, we, we can assume that he, uh, he voted in the right direction as, uh, as minister always seems to get him to. He, uh, he picks up the card and, and he reads it and he goes, all right, a very general statement. So I, I think the angle we just need to go for here is, is basically scolding the press, telling them to be patient, that the news about it will be out soon. And they have no need to pry. Wonderful. But I I'm confused. If he already signed signed it, why are we telling him them to wait? Well, because uh, they haven't made it quite official yet. They need the uh, sourcing cabinet meeting tomorrow in order to do that. And honestly, it's a much better story to announce the bill rather than speculate that the bill will be passed. Oh, so this is where the entertainment of the media comes in. Yeah, precisely. The thing is, while it is a battle between us and the press, keeping the press happy does uh, does benefit us because they're off our backs. We keep their revenue high with interesting stories. It can be a partnership and a rivalry all at the same time. Absolutely. It makes sense. Well, very good to know. Should I keep that in mind if I'm ever making a story about myself or trying to talk to the press to maybe make them wait or absolutely timing is everything if you announce something at the wrong time nobody will care now if you announce it at the right time they'll be all over it'll be a sensation it'll be the biggest thing they've ever heard and the money rolls in which you know is what this is all about well you know i love to work a crowd <laughs> of course and that skill is very essential i can't tell you how many celebrities don't know how to work a crowd and how to interact with the paparazzi and how to get in with the paparazzi to get them to report what you need them to report with the spin that you need them to report because god knows how many misquotes you'll ever have oh trust me i already had my good fair share that's when we my mother was announced margarita of course you never trust margarita mosquito Honestly, if you ever can request another reporter to do any story, she's she's just gonna cause trouble. We're allowed to request reporters? Why is she ever? Why is she ever hired? I guarantee no one requests her. Well, here's the thing. She might be a pain in the ass to work with. She is the most read reporter in the field. Son of a bitch, I hate the sorcery world. I really do. I hate it. She's brilliant for that. She behaves badly because she can get away with it because no one else can do what she can. 
Oh well, just more work for us, I suppose. Exactly. So we do the work and we get the results that we like and we deal with it until the, uh, your child. Uh, until, till she retires. Oh, no, no. I'm a child, but I, I do all the swear words. Bitch, fuck, you know, all the things. Go ahead, talk openly to me. Um, my mother will not give a shit. Well, hopefully one day sh- she will retire. But back to the matter at hand, these statements. Uh, uh, Porter, what else have you got for me? Um, she, she talks through a couple of the other statements, and, and then she gets to the uh, the Hermia statement and goes, Now, this story is, is a little ridiculous, a little conspiracy. Um, we I know we don't usually like to do these. However, we felt it was a, a little more important, so we don't have, um, you know, people questioning. But... Uh, there is a, a thought going around that uh, Porter didn't actually leave the Sorcerer Feds, that he's still working with the Sorcerer Feds, and is just on assignment within Hogweed. He uh, he looks confused and he goes, you know, that is, that is pretty conspiracy-y. We don't typically do stuff like that. What did, uh, what did Hermia say? Uh, Porter gives him the lowdown about what she said. And he goes, okay, great, so basically we're just saying... He doesn't work here anymore. We wish him the best. You know, the typical, we've parted ways with an employee with the added spin that uh, he left on his own volition. Uh, yes. Um, I don't want to, you know, tell you how to do your job, but I did have a suggestion. Um, I just noticed that Hermia's statement didn't, you know, everybody knows the story of the two and how great of friends they are. So I was just wondering if we could, for her, add in like a, and I miss him dearly. Or something, you know, something that just kind of brings back to the friendship as well, so it's more believable. Yeah, personal touch. Um, I think that would be great. I think that's that's definitely would be great. Um, uh, of course, don't make it too sappy. We all know how Hermia can be. So I think, uh, I think definitely wish him well. Say we miss him, um, and uh, and leave it at that. And Porter, you know, makes a note. She goes. Right, so it looks like we are approved for all of our statements. Uh, Celeste, are you ready for the final part? Absolutely. I'm so excited. All right. Uh, She takes you back to her office and she sits down and she goes, all right, let me show you how we write a statement. So the first things first is everything we write has pretty much the same voice. There's a sanctum voice that we use um, just to keep everything consistent so no one uh, starts asking questions. If we do anything differently, people ask questions and that's the most annoying thing because we have to get more statements and that just makes my job harder. She pulls the first statement, slaps it down, she goes, okay, so Vaganov's statement. Basically, we're telling the press, sit down, shut up, we have to wait. And uh, while we can't say it exactly like that, what we can say, Porter uh, Porter looks down and scribbles something on a piece of paper, and she lifts up and she reads, Sir Vaganoff of the Sourcing Gamut says, I have taken the appropriate time to research and make my decision regarding the diversity mandate for large companies' board of directors. I have given my input and signed the papers I need to sign. News of whether or not the bill will pass shall be announced soon. It sounds solid. I like it. I- do you want me to add anything, or are, are you just reading it off? Um, I, I just wanted to give an example of how I would craft a statement based on what someone has said. Um, oh. So, of course, it, it sounds very matter-of-fact, very um, no-nonsense, so that no one will ask any questions, no one will sass anything, this is what is being said, and that is what is being said. That is best for most things, um, especially regarding uh, this source and gamut and waiting on things to be announced. Now, 
what I would love is, since you have that wonderful idea about a little personal touch from Hermia, I would love to see um just you try to go ahead and craft a statement and see what you can come up with for uh for Hermia's response to uh the Henry Porter conspiracy. Oh, uh, okay. Um, all right. Give me just a moment. I went off of the format I used to do when I wrote these f- when I was four, um, uh, just for practice. Miss Ranger Weasley responded saying, Mr. Porter has officially resigned from any and all association with the Sanctum. While we all, myself including, will miss working with him, we eagerly wish him the best in his new position at Hogweed. Absolutely fantastic, Celeste. Um, this is wonderful. What I want you to do is I want you to take this and give it to the Oracle Liaison. He is in the closest office to us on the left. Um, he should be in there. Just go ahead, knock, walk in, say I have a statement for you, hand it to him. He'll know what it's for, and he'll get it to the papers as soon as possible. Wonderful. I, I'll go off on my way right now. As I walk out, is the red light for Winona's office still on? Yes, it is. Okay, so I, I just want it to be known so I don't have to constantly be making a check. Um, that's always going to be something in Celeste's back mind that she'll check of, like, passive perception. She'll always make sure if the light's on, because the moment it goes off, she wants to go say hi. Gotcha. So, yeah, you uh, you knock on the door, and a, a man looks up at you, and, and he closes a compact that he was talking into. Uh, and he gestures for you to come in, uh, and he leans forward and he goes, uh, Miss Carver Chapman, Yes? Hello, lovely to be met. Very excited to start working. Uh, yes, it, it is it is quite uh lovely to meet you as well. Um, aren't you aren't you in Hogweed currently? Oh well, yes, but they thought it would be best for us to get a little bit of real life experience. You know, internships can lead to the best careers. Ah, uh, well, I, I'm sure that everyone here is quite happy to have you. Um, and we and we look forward to seeing your work. Uh, so what can I uh what can I assist you with? Well, if you if you look forward to seeing my work, um, I would love to show you the statement that I just made for Miss Ranger Weasley. It's my first time. It's an old format, so be gentle. Um, but here it is. As you uh, as you're saying this, and you go to hand the statement, out of the corner of your eye, can you roll me a perception? All right. Um, are we going with ice dice? The one that looks like ice. Or are we going with the one that Marta gave me? Marta Dice. Oh, you don't want Marta my input on this. Alright, Marta Dice. Come on, Marta Dice. Marta Dice, let me down. <laughs> it's oh, a boy. nine. Okay. Uh, so you hand him you hand him your statement, and you uh, you wait as he, he looks down, uh, and he reads it. His brow furrowed, and he nods, and he goes, Ah, yes, this is about that weird Henry Porter thing. Uh, this is excellent. Uh, did Porter uh, ask you to send this over? Yes, she did. I wrote it up real quick, and she said it was ready for to move on to you. Excellent work. I will go ahead. I'll pass this along to the Daily Oracle. If there's anything else you need at your time here, please just uh, just let me know. Absolutely. Um, uh, I'm just very excited to learn anything. Um, is there anything that you're currently working on? I, I would love to learn as much as I could. Um, right now I'm just, uh, I'm just focused on, uh, getting some of these stories that the Daily Oracle is looking into off my desk, honestly. Just get them either to, to knock it off or, or to publish whatever piece they're cooking up. 
Um, they just keep stacking them on my desk. And I think they're trying a new strategy where if they keep me busy, they can get things to uh, slip right by me, but that's not gonna work. Never does. Speaking of which, I noticed something with Marguerite Mosquito's interview. She definitely twisted how I said about that robot comment. Uh, just for all future reference, anything I say in an interview is not negative towards my mother. Good to know. I did think that seemed uh, a, a little weird and, and, and didn't really fit the rest of the interview, but you know, yes. Mosquito does what she wants. You see, if you if you, if you you actually were able to listen back on the actual interview, like if you somehow had a recording, let's say, uh, if you listen, there's a little pause after I say robot, and that is me just realizing that I fucked up. Well, unfortunately, we don't have such a recording. Um, <laughs> however, I believe you, and I I'm sure no one uh, thinks that you think ill of your mother. Um, but uh, yes, th thank you so much again for the statement, and I I'm sure I'll be seeing you around. Wonderful. Well, thank you. And please let me know if Winona ever becomes available. I am just so excited to meet her. Oh, of course. Um, I, I know she's rather a busy bee, and she's high on everyone's priority list to get to. But um, yeah, absolutely. If she ever has some free time, I will. Uh, I'll I'll send you her way, or or vice versa. Wonderful. Well, it was lovely to meet you. If uh, that's it, I guess I will be heading back to to Porter. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh great to meet you. It was so lovely to be met. And as you exit the office, uh, you see Porter uh, coming out of Winona's office, the door shutting, and then the light turning back red. And... Porter, I'll never forgive you! <laughs> and we'll move on to Ren, who is Yay. alone in Claire Chapman's office. That's that's it? That's all I get? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, and do I see anything interesting? Of course you do. It's the minister's office. Um, but for the most interesting thing is that goddamn window that looks out of London. That's freaking cool. Um, the bookshelves are covered from floor to ceiling full of, of ancient looking books. Really old. Really fantastic. Um, on Claire's, uh, desk, um, there are a bunch of folders. Like, a, like a ton of folders here and there, just stacks of them. Mm -hmm. um, there seems to be a, a large picture frame um, you see the back of. Um, and of course there are drawers in the desk. The uh, bar cart has several decanters with alcohol looking liquids inside with cups and you know, various things. Little ice thingy. Uh, there's the mantle that's decorated on top of the fireplace seating area, uh, a nice rug. It, it looks nice in there and the desk is covered with stuff and there are drawers and there's a big ass window and bookshelves. I think we've established that there is no window to red, though. <laughs> I, steer, right, uh, I steer clear of the open cavernous gaping hole in the side of the I'm office. Going to the fourth wall. There is no fourth wall. But what's, un what's unusual is that you don't feel a breeze. How weird is that? Oh my god, okay, this is Not stressful. Not really, we, we ha we're in a magic place. Okay, what would Celeste do? What would Celeste do? Um, and she just left me in here. She didn't say well, get out, she said stay here. Yeah, because she figured, she's like, oh, Carson's off doing that thing still, and it'll probably take him a bit, um, so just wait here for Carson, I have to go to this meeting. Do I see any magical security cameras? <laughs> Roll for perception? It's a 
It's All a right, good well, question. Investigation. It's a good question. Since you're looking for that something specific, that is a natural twenty plus Fuck four. You. That's twenty-four. Bitch. There are no goddamn magical <laughs> security cameras, you fucking idiot. What else do I see? Give it. Give me the deets. <sighs> Fuck off. So are you just standing in one spot or are you walking around? I'm walking around. Of course well, you anything, fucking are. Anything that's interesting. Anything that I can, you know, anything out of the ordinary or something I can glean information from. Give me the deets. You walk around to Claire's desk. Yeah? <laughs> You see uh, on the corner of the desk, there's that larger picture frame, and it's actually not one picture in it, but it is a bunch of pictures kind of uh, with their own little squares. There is a picture um, of presumably Claire and Calvin uh, on their wedding day. They both look much younger. Calvin has his sandy blonde hair. Uh, Claire is wearing a white uh, T-length dress with a halter top. Um and uh, is holding a, a bouquet of bright red roses and is wearing green T-strap heels. Um, and her hair is pulled into a low ponytail, whereas Calvin wears a lovely dark charcoal suit. Um, and they are uh, dancing together on a um, on the dance floor, assumably. Um, looking into each other's eyes, it's very gay. Um, and then uh, there are other pictures. There's, um, there's Claire uh, sitting on, on some kind of the couch or something. And a small toddler of a little girl uh, sitting on her lap. Uh, Claire is holding her hands and they're both smiling at each other. There is a picture of uh, Celeste uh, as she's older coming down uh, the stairway at uh, an event um, smiling. There's a picture of the twins uh, holding fingers um, with each other, uh, kind of rolling around like babies do. There's a picture of Calvin, who's just smiling. Um, and then there's a picture of Calvin and Claire and Charlie and Roger from when they were younger. Um, and then there's a picture of a, a woman who's, who seems unfamiliar to you. Not, not necessarily a woman. Actually, she's quite young. Um, probably around your age, maybe a little bit younger. But she, uh, she has a, a gentle smile um, towards the camera. Um, it looks like an older picture. On the desk, there are a couple different piles of folders. Do you look in the files? I mean, if there's no magical security cameras, then yeah. Yeah, you look in the fucking files. So you open the <laughs> folders. Okay. And uh, it's a lot of stuff about laws. A lot of law stuff in one pile. Okay. Presumably, like, a stack that either you or Carson carried in earlier. Uh, some of the laws are, are regarding normies, normie protection, uh, some stuff about uh, equality, uh, some stuff about some, some sorcery corporate laws uh, regarding some companies and all of that kind of stuff. And then in another stack, it is uh, trial information uh, outlining some crimes. Uh, several of them seem to be uh, minor crimes against normies, specifically. Uh, some seem to be uh, a little more major crimes. Some seem to be crimes of conspiracy and whatnot. Um, just like in this stack. Do you try and open any drawers? Sure. Of course you do. Well, you offered. <laughs> I feel like I'm ruining something and I still don't know what it is that I'm ruining. Suck my ass. I No, Suck. but like you're, you got your head in your hands. Audience, listeners, um, Remy has... Uh, her head in her hands, and she refuses to look at me in the eye. Um, so I don't know why or how I fucked things up, but I somehow have already. So yeah, tell me what's in the drawers. 
So the bottom drawer is locked, naturally. Uh, you, you can't get anything inside of that drawer. It won't open. The next drawer up, uh, it, it holds, um, some snacks. Uh, there are snacks in this drawer. What kind of snacks? Uh, cheese puffs. Cheese puffs. <laughs> She's a cheese puffs girl. I'm writing that down. Cheese puffs for Claire for Christmas. Wait, what? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Okay. That is the most shocking thing I could come back to. So I'm going to be getting <laughs> cheese puffs for Claire for Christmas. And she's going to wonder for the rest of her life how I knew. What the fuck is a cheese puff? <laughs> a normie snack. <gasps> Gasp. Okay. Normie cheese puffs. Okay, so cheese puffs in the middle drawer. And What's you open the top drawer. Top drawer. Well, there's not much in there, you know, some quills, some ink, a card that is labeled uh, A-L-L-A-C-C. Well, I have to look at that. What's that card? Uh, it looks similar to a card that uh, anytime you've been in an elevator, someone swipes to go to uh, specific floors. Hmm. Oh, but if she finds oh, out that um, I stole it. Sorry, that's not the that's not the only the only thing in there. There are a couple cards in there. A couple of, of similar Sanctum of Sorcery cards in there. There's a little bit of, of jewelry in there, just hanging about, just like in in the drawer. Just it's not extravagant. It's simple jewelry, like a chain with like a pendant and uh and like a bracelet as well. Um and then a pair of gloves. That's okay. everything in the top drawer. A pair of, uh, like, white gloves or, like... Yeah, just, like, white hand gloves. Hmm. Okay. You know what? I don't know if I have my spells list with me. I'm wondering. Do I know a spell that's, like, a copy spell or something? Like, I can multiply something? Or no? I don't think you do, but I think you'd want to think twice before casting a spell outside of Hogweed. I mean, yeah, I guess. Damn. Okay. I'm worried. I'm worried. This is scary. I really want that all-access card, but how the fuck am I going to get it back in here? What would Celeste do? What would Celeste do? So, can she roll an insight check to see what I would do? Sure. If there was some, like, oh, the only person that can open this desk is the minister, and if anybody else does, then alarms happen, and then you get arrested... If that's the case, I'm gonna kill you because you left me well, in a room. You've already with opened to do. the desk. I know. <laughs> if that was the case, if they're just coming to get me, okay. Insight. That's another natural twenty. God, fuck off. What would you All do? Right. What would you, I'll tell you exactly do? what I think Celeste would do, and it's and this is Celeste in the shoes of Ren, knowing how Ren would be. Celeste would advise taking the card, using it immediately just to find out where it goes, and then bringing it back, not to the room, to Celeste. Because it, then, as, as Celeste goes to her, her mom's office, she can use her charisma to say, Oh, what's this on the floor? Okay, but I think, it, I think it's all access. I think that's what it stands for. Uh... Well, you should go to the Department of Conspiracy. <laughs> I'm gonna get fired on my first day. I did tell her that I would needed to go get coffee, though. Fuck. Okay. Or you could grab Celeste. I take it and I shut the drawer and then I run out of the office. Okay. <laughs> and then you do what? Um, I, I find I have to find Celeste. I go to Celeste immediately. Uh, so, so you would remember, 
I'm just gonna, because you got a good insight, I'd say you remember that the press offices is on the 18th floor. Okay, so I go to the 18th floor. I have the all-access card, so I can get in. (laughs) So you go to the elevator, you swipe the card, and the voice says, What floor? Minister. Chapman. Um, 18th. (laughs) The elevator begins to move downwards, uh, and it opens up to the 18th floor. I'm hiding this, Um, like, in in my shirt, by the way. Like, it's... You know how girls do. It's in my shirt. Nobody can see it. <laughs> so you you go to the 18th floor mm-hmm. and you're you're looking for Celeste. Yep. <clears throat> you walk past the 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 herd. You walk past the liaison offices and uh, around the corner you see uh, Celeste uh, speaking with her mentor Porter who just came out of Winona's office. I will never forgive you! You said that you were going to introduce me to her! I'm so sorry. I'm so- uh, sorry, oh. I'm so sorry to, to interrupt. Um, Celeste, uh, so you, you uh, and I like a dress porter. Uh, sorry, I'm working with um, with the minister's office at the moment. Celeste, I need you for a second. Can I, can I borrow you? Uh, sure. Uh, can I make an insight check on Ren? Yeah. Alright, cool. Oh, ooh, okay, 22. Yeah, what the fuck are you thinking, Ren? (laughs) Yes, but that's what Ren's always thinking. Give me something new. (laughs) No, this is this is like danger, danger, high voltage. Like it's up there on all the things that we've ever done. It is up there. Uh, Celeste immediately noticing that there is that this is a very serious situation goes. Oh, oh, okay. Um, Miss Porter. Ren needs me, and I, it's, you know, girl things. Is it all right if I just run out for just a minute? Of course, Les. You've done such amazing work today. Absolutely. Take a break. Okay, thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much. I'm already dragging Celeste away. (laughs) Celeste is like, thank you. I'll be back. Um, Take Celeste and you get into the elevator. I get into the elevator again. You swipe the card. Do Do I see any magical cameras anywhere in the elevator. No! Okay. No, you don't. Okay, you know what? She's seen the spy movies. She knows what's up. Okay. What is going on? We only have a moment. I I didn't mean to, but I... I, Well, I did kind of mean to. I I, I found an all-access card, and we need to go right now. Where do you think we need to go the most? In the ministry, before your mom gets back. Oh, um, um, um... Oh, fuck. Uh, I mean, I don't... Should we go get Imogen? Should we go get Imogen? She knows things. She's really smart. Yes, let's go to Imogen. Let's go get Imogen. Okay, I'm gonna go grab her really quick. I know we always exclude the boys. I've already clicked but I the button. Think that we should exclude the boys. We're excluding the boys. I've already clicked the button. <laughs> so you swipe the card and it says, Which floor? Minister Chapman. In fact, Ren- what floor oh. was it that Imogen came Seven. off of? Seven. <laughs> Ren, give me that. Give me that. Because if I if I have it, you're, I won't get in as much trouble as you you will. I mean, I don't I don't know if that's. The, I, mean, I don't know if that's true because you had to get it from somewhere. It's from your mom's office in her. It's certainly it's my mother, so at least I have some governmental protection. Okay, but I might have to take it back before she gets back. Okay, and also yes, I have to course, go get coffee course. before I go back. Okay, go. Okay, so we're going to the seventh floor. So the doors open to the seventh floor. <laughs> you walk through a hallway, uh, and you see that there is a, a round uh, a round room with five different hallways. Which hallway do you go down? Is there anybody in it? Yeah, there are people walking around. Uh, if you look uh, at the hallway straight across, you can see 
uh, what looks to be some offices. The hallway directly to your right has some just like archways into a room. Wait, I have an idea. What is the one way to always get a, a response from Imogen? Meow. Meow. <laughs> She's down that hallway. We go down that hallway. <laughs> <laughs> and you definitely did. I, I mean, if she was within hearing distance, you already heard her. She's like talking to herself while she sorts the files. Like, and and you, you're you're about this, so you can go over here. I'm so my sorry, friend. Remy. Yes, you can go over here. I, I like this topic. You can go in there. Okay. Meow. Just you, adorable. Meow. You find him. Very clearly meow. sorting files. Meow. And when I was talking to the files, I was talking in cat. So, what they actually heard was just meow, meow, meow. So I think I, I think meow. I hang back and I, I kind of like gesture to Celeste to like do the thing because all of my social tricks have already been used today. Okay, so didn't know this was going to be a part of today, Imogen, but we did happen to get all the access card. No, right? wait, there's somebody there. There's somebody there. Oh, there's somebody there. Okay, I wouldn't say Next that if us. there was somebody else. Yeah, there. that's no, what I was in saying. In the filing like... room where Imogen's filing things. Oh. I thought you said yeah. there was somebody next to her. Okay. So, oh, hi, friends. Imogen, uh, I don't, I didn't expect it today to be the day we all got really sneaky, but we did have to find an all-access card. We need to go, go right now. Exploring? Oh, okay. Intern meeting then. Intern, Intern meeting. meeting. Yes. Intern, Intern meeting. meeting. And if anyone okay, I'm gonna let my supervisor know. Together. No, do not. Well, I guess actually yes, but let let her know that. Don't say you're going to an intern meeting. I mean, maybe say like you're going to the bathroom. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hey, okay, Jesse, I'm just um I I have to go um ba ba bath bathroom. I'm bad at lying. I'm just going to say quick intern meeting. Okay, or something because okay. that's basically what we're okay. doing. Okay. Um, I I'm bad at lies. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, it is a meeting. Jesse, and we're interns. It is, it is okay. Yeah, that's that's what I think. Okay. Uh, that is hey. that is fine. Um I'll I'll see you see you later. I'll be back in just a few. Okay, don't worry. All right, thank you. Okay, so, I mean, I know that I want to see the Department of Conspiracy. Okay, again. we're already back in the elevator again. Yeah. <laughs> a fucking course you, you are. Idea? Where are you going? Do you all have any other ideas? Um. No, I say that one. Do, I think okay. that's... We, we gotta do it quick. I don't think we're gonna yeah. have much time. We all have conspiracies that we have to ask about. I mean, I feel like this is the best idea. We might only get one question, though, so we have to be smart. Okay. Alright, um... Okay. Oh, fuck, I don't want to see Malcolm again. Alright, here we go. <laughs> Uh, swipe the card. So what's going on? Um, I found I found um, an an all access card um in the minister's office, oh. and we're being very sneaky about it, so we don't tell anyone about this. Okay. We gotta make it happen really quick, but this might oh, get okay. us on the up and up with some information. For uh, oh, I like information. Yes. Let's, yeah, let's okay. do that. Okay. But just 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 for us. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this was okay. a bad idea. Oh god. Wait, question. Does Maggie still work here? No. No. No, I didn't think so. Okay, cool. Right, so you uh, you swipe the card and you go to the floor that Celeste remembers is the floor, the Department of Conspiracy, and the elevator says, Minister Chapman, Department of Conspiracy. Oh shit. The doors open and uh, you see a room. Celeste, you would recognize this room. Um, it's empty. Um, and in it there are two hallways, uh, one veering left and one veering right. It's not actually empty. We're just gonna go down one of these hallways and it's gonna be some trick room bullshit where we're gonna come back and then Malcolm will be standing there. Same room. Yeah, so. Okay. Okay. 
right. start skipping down a hole. Left or right? Left. Okay. All right. So you guys uh, begin walking down uh, the hallway that veers off to the left. Uh, the walls are, are smooth uh, and cool metal. The, the lights are dark. Um, and you walk through. The only thing you hear is the echo of your steps. And the wall begins to curve to the right. And it loops around. And you arrive back at the room that you initially uh, began in. And this time, there is a man. And Celeste, you would recognize this man. Before you is, is, is a tall man, uh, dressed decently, with uh, pale skin, gray hair, and- uh, It's Calvin. <laughs> it's, it's Calvin. No, it's not Calvin. Oh my God, my, mom and Cal- my mom and Malcolm have been married the whole time. I mean, they do look a little similar, but not Calvin. He he stands and he has a, a friendly smile on his face and knowing eyes, and he says, "Ren, Imogen, welcome back, Celeste." Hello, sir. Cool. Still not a hundred percent being alone in a room with you, but yeah, hi. How are you? So we heard you might have some answers for us. Is or that maybe... really why you're here? Yes, it is. Stop doing this cryptic bullshit. Why is kind of a hard question because there could be a lot of reasons. No, Ren, don't don't look ah, too deeply into this. There could be a lot of reasons, couldn't there be? Well, yes, that's just what I said. I did say that. I think you would know something about having a lot of reasons. I think so because I do have a lot of reasons. So- I mean, there's a lot of factors that have uh, ultimately led us here. So, I mean, it's not just, like, one thing. It's a series of, of things that lined up in order to make this happen, and uh, I don't know uh, what exactly the answer is that you were looking for, uh, Mr. Malcolm, sir, but, uh, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're here, and it seems that my friends are interested in, in asking you things. Well, you know what I'm interested in? Huh. It is, is whether you think the things that have lined up to get you to where you are here, now, today, whether those were purposeful or not. Well, it depends on what perspective you're taking. Like, we we purposefully do things every day, and then we accidentally do things every day, and so do everyone around us. So it's it's kind of like a mix of both. And I'm not even sure what this is, honest, in the, this moment right now. If this is a purposeful thing or an accidental thing. Is is this a test or are we just like talking? <laughs> no, it's not a test. Trust me, I thought it was a test the whole first time. Okay. No. Oh, okay, I'm taking notes still. Cryptic bullshit. <laughs> Malcolm, first off, has my mother seen you recently? That is difficult to say. Why was she closing her eyes? Is time a soup? Is that why? Don't try. Time is soup. You're trying to make logic out of this. I, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> she may have seen me, but I do not believe I have seen her. What? It also depends on what you mean as, as recent. It's more recent than you thought, perhaps, but maybe not that recent as now you think. How old are you, sir? If I may ask. I would also like to know. Cool. Okay. Wondering if this was a poor choice. Do you want us to find out? What's the. Like, what? Is there a department of straightforwardness? <laughs> well, that's no fun at all. <laughs> so, this is a department of conspiracies. What. What conspiracies do you have to share? I don't know if it's really up to me to share. 
Or if a conspiracy is even something that can be shared, rather than something that just happens or doesn't happen. Okay, so I open up, <laughs> I open up my book of many things to a uh, dictionary definition of conspiracy. <laughs> What's it say? I'm just gonna pull that up. Yeah. Okay, a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful, or the action of plotting or conspiring. Oh, so now you have to look up the verb to conspire. Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) Malcolm, while she's looking up the verb, conspire. Is there anything that you can tell us? I know that you have to do this whole, I don't know what you're talking about, but I do, but is there anything you can give us a straightforward answer on? Well, that's part of the problem, isn't it? Is that there's so much you all wonder. Uh, Well, I don't know what direction to go in. And neither do you. It's interesting because conspiracy, uh, it, I mean, uh, at its base, it's just like to act or work together toward the same result or goal, but it's it also has connotations of something evil or illegal or bad. And the origin, um, let's see, it, it's to act in harmony, as from Latin conspirare, to act in harmony, equivalent of, it's similar as to breathe, con spirare so i don't know if it's evil at its base but it's anyway this is very interesting sir does this do, do you have any insight on on the origin of the term conspiracy and and why there's a department dedicated to it well you know i would conspiracy has been defined by people who tried to define but who are they to define who are they to say yeah. what a thing is and who are <laughs> they to put perceptions onto things are perceptions even valid Maybe they are. Exactly. Are they worth listening to? I I think it's important to get a lot of different perceptions in order to understand a thing. There's a lot of things that we understand only as only as the word that we use to define it, but the thing itself is not limited to those to our our words and our language. There are many many different cultures, many different people who have different understandings of the same thing, and and the thing itself is not it's not supposed to be bound by different things. It's it's just it's a thing. Maybe if you, you know? free yourself from what other people say things are, then you'll be able to see what is really there. I have a question for you. Mm. Celeste asked about the last time you saw her mother. When's the last time you saw mine? Hmm. Well, that had to have been... Ten years ago? Ten. Okay. What did I'm she ask I'm assuming you can't just... I'm assuming you can't just tell me who she is. Perhaps she doesn't even know who she is. You certainly don't. Huh. Okay. Ten years ago. Okay. I... I also have a... I have a question as well. Um, have you ever met the Kims? They've recently gone missing, and do you know anything about their current status? Oh, yes, I've met both. Uh, both. Both of them. Howard um, and Elise. Yes, Howard and Elise. Um, quite some time ago, not together. I think. Uh, I think the question is: Are they really missing? Still, anyways. Do you know what he does? What his position is? Knowing is subjective. Do you know how we could find out what his position is? I think the issue is, it might be unknowable. Very well, could be. Many things are unknowable. 
and people who try to seek such things out will only find disappointment. Are you obligated to answer us, and that's why you're, you're skirting around it as, as such, because is there like a, is there something that's compelling you to, to stay here and to answer questions in weird ways? Or compelling you to not answer them. Yeah. Hmm. Are you the conspiracy? <laughs> Should I have such power? No. Uh, I answer because I like to help. I like to help, too. I mean, Celeste, you can't tell me that anything I said last time you were here didn't help, can you? Okay, yes. No, I can't say that, but I will say that the other majority of what you said put me in therapy for quite a bit. So, I mean... You would have been yeah, there anyway. Yeah, you should have anyway. needed that. You were gonna need that either way. Okay, thank you. Thank you, friends. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. If only, Lu- <laughs> if only Louisa were here. I know, she would have something to say about that. Oh, love her. She would be able to understand what this man is saying. <laughs> Dear Louisa. You know her? Of. of her. What do you know of her? That's many, many amazing. Things. Well, yeah. Precisely. She is a wonder. With, with a capital W? Well, it depends on what part of the sentence it is. That's, that's true. I like you, Malcolm. Well, that is very kind. Thank you. I'm sorry to bring this back around, but I have to ask. You say I don't know myself, perhaps in a similar way that my mother doesn't know herself. But maybe it's different. Maybe it's... Does she not remember? It may not be memory that she is lacking. Is it? Could it be that the memory is there, but it's blocked by something? I think the memory that she has is uh, quite strong. I feel like I'm more confused than I was when I got here. I don't know if this was... Maybe I made a bad call. I'm sorry. No, I was the one who decided to come here, but... I Well, I think it's all turned out quite well. Malcolm, w- is there anything you can tell me about about magic? Well, there is much to know about magic. There is, isn't there? What do you know about magic? Well, um, I know that some time long ago it was split into light and dark, but I believe there's- it has a substance in- in some- in some sense or other, whether that's actual mass or- or some other dimension of being. I believe it has, it's it's something that people have been able to harness, but there's, we've, we've just, it hasn't been used well at all times. And even if, I don't know if it even wants to be used or if it has an opinion on that. Um, I'm just, I just want to know about the nature of, of magic, what it is, and if it has a perception of itself. Do you think magic has a heart? Perhaps in some sense. I don't know. Have you considered where the heart might be? I don't... I don't know. I've been focusing more on... more on the brain. I was... I was told that I could look at the heart. And perhaps that would help me, but... Was more focused on on the brain. The brain needs the heart to work. The heart is where it starts, doesn't it? 
Yes. Without the heart pumping blood, you can't... You can't get blood to the brain. You can't bring oxygen from the lungs. You can't... You can't power anything. So... So in, in order to understand the brain, you need to understand the heart. Or at least find it. Why look at the leaves when you can look at the roots? <laughs> well, first of all, leaves are really cool. But I, I understand what you're saying. It's You need to see the source, the origin. And, and even then, why, why look at the roots when you can look at the soil that, that nourishes it? And why look at the soil that nourishes it when you, look, when you can look at the beings that fertilize the soil, the things that, that break it down? You can go back several steps, countless steps, to get to a true origin. There is always a beginning. There's always something that came before, even before the beginning. How you're thinking. This is fun. <laughs> okay. Um. I don't. I, I don't know what. Where where we go from here. Maybe. Maybe that's something you should think about, though. Why don't you know where to go? Why do you get stuck? I. I don't know what you mean. I mean, you get stuck because there's an obstacle, whether that's something outside of you, or yourself, or somebody else. But what are the obstacles meant for? To, to stop you from keeping on forward? Or? To throw you off? To point you in another direction. My head hurts. <laughs> would you believe that is common for people who come here? Yes, yes I would. Weird, I'm fine. Asking these questions seems ridiculous because I'm not going to get the answer that I want. Um, why do you do uh, that? Why do I do what? Ask questions even though I don't, I won't get the answer that I want? Be your own obstacle. Excuse me? Why are you stopping yourself from asking just because you think you won't get anything? You might, you might get something. If you never ask the question... You definitely won't get a yes. Maybe and a no. I, I know it's hard to ask Malcolm questions, but I think it's worth it. So I know it's been ten years since you've seen my mother, and it's been longer since I've seen her. Uh, when's the next time I'm going to see her? Do you know that? Do you know these things? Well, I think that is entirely up to you. Of course it is, if I keep out of my own way, right? Things are just going to fall into my lap if I let them happen. If I don't stop myself or if I don't get into trouble, it's just going to come around eventually. Is that is that what you're saying? Well, do you believe in accidents or do you believe in purpose? I believe in the truth and I believe there are people that can give it to me that choose not to. Maybe you need to look at the beginning. The beginning. Right. How far back? The beginning of the beginning? Back before magic had begun? Is that what we're talking about again? Are you just going to talk us in circles? Start. Uh, I mean... I'm in. Yes, and Malcolm, one thing that I do have to say, you always introduce yourself to whoever you meet. Tell us her first name. And can I do a persuasion check? 
Yeah, you can try. 21. I don't think we're going to get it. I don't think it's going to be enough. Maybe something, but... Even if it's like it starts with a this, we would have more than we knew. He he looks at you, um, Celeste, um, and and he he nods, and he looks at Ren, and he goes, I do understand frustration, not being able to get exactly what you want, but you're closer, and you can feel that, and the closer that you get, you'll know. You say that. She could have been right in front of me and I wouldn't have recognized her. You say that I'm going to know, but... It's been a long time. Maybe you're doubting yourself because you think you have seen her. Maybe... You haven't. And when you do... You will. Yes, that's what I think he's trying to tell us is that you would know so that also does rule out quite a few people because you haven't seen her yet you don't trust your own instincts and I think you should start wondering why is it genetic (laughs) (laughs) is the lack of confidence genetic is that what you're saying he seems amused by that question, almost caught off guard a little bit, and he goes, Conf- Lack of confidence at such a young age. Maybe. Could be. Sorry, I'm trying to... I know, I know. DM, Malcolm is really frustrating to talk to. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love him. Imogen loves him. I'm not trying to fuck with you guys. This is literally just Malcolm. I know. Can I make, like, an intelligence or wisdom check to see if there's another place where we could get the information? Or if there's a way to ask Malcolm to get a hint at where we have to go next? Because, like... I feel like Celeste at this point, this is her second time meeting him, and let's be honest, she stayed up long nights thinking about how to talk to this bitch. Roll wisdom? Uh, we'll see. Can I have advantage since I've talked to him? Yes. Yes! Fuck yeah. That is a dirty 20. Okay. So, um, in in thinking about your past interactions with Malcolm and evaluating the conversation you had versus the actual usable information that you got from him, when you got information that was helpful to you, you played into what he was saying. You didn't resist him. You didn't try to contradict him. You, You took one of his thoughts and you expanded on it. You ran with it. So maybe... The best way to get information might be to play along. Okay. So, Malcolm, where should we go to get information that wouldn't be given to us otherwise at the Sanctum? Where couldn't you go? I mean, isn't that part of the Sanctum that every room is filled with information that is not accessible? Isn't that what the Sanctum is for? 
And isn't the Sanctum supposed to tell you just what's on the outside? Don't they tell you the floors that make them look good and like a proper business? That is the question. What is the Sanctum for? What What is all of this for? To bring some kind of order or appearance of order in the sorcery world. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if you wonder that I do. I wonder all the time. What is the point? Are you saying that we should just try a floor? Get that magical sense of wonder? If you're looking for information, why not? Why not just choose a floor, look around, avoid the people, trying to keep information from you? But is it really just information? Is that really what you're after? Is that really the most valuable thing to you? Why wouldn't it be? Is there not what more? What would be more valuable to me? Information is... It's what we do with the information. It's a source. It's an, it's an origin of the good that we can do to help our friends. It's understanding. It's a currency. So we trade hmm. some of our information for more? Is that what you're saying? Hasn't it worked before? We have done that in the past. That is why we tend if to get If we were information. going to trade, wouldn't this be the best place to start? There's always a vault. Doesn't this look like one? Metal and heavily guarded? A lock on the door? Every vault has a combination. No access? Oh, but we have an all-access card. You do. But what good is an all-access card to anyone else if it's not in their hands? What good is the money in the vault if they don't have the key? But the money in the vault should be... If somebody does get it, the money in the vault should be taken out and shared. Or Same protected. With the information. Or protected, but the money in the vault can't just sit there. And yet it does. When it's still in the vault and you can't get to it, it's it's just a false sense of of power. It's not real. It's Schrodinger's vault. Or a false sense of a false sense of information as well. Because what is information if it's not shared? And what is power? If it is false, what is power? Real power? An illusion. Are you talking about my mother? Well, who else would be power but the most powerful? So you're saying it's an illusion? It's our perception. Or... Power is just a word. Well, yes, but it also sounds like he's saying that... There's someone behind the scenes with this power, as if it's not actually a power. Well, if you have something valuable, and you want to protect it, why would you let anyone else know you even had it? Oh. Um, 
Oh. So, it's like there's a person in the vault who has the power and can open it at any time. Is... Is Claire a figurehead? Is someone pulling the strings behind her? Have they... Have they been blackmailing her? Is there someone blackmailing her that's pulling the strings? Or is there someone who's secretly... Are they passing her her things, but not passing the important things? You know, like, is somebody ahead of her secretly making her life harder? Or it could be right multiple under somebodies. Her. It could be a conspiracy. It could be Carson. Because he, he plans everything. Oh. He has access to everything. I never trusted him, to be honest. He, I don't trust anyone who can... Who can... Keep up with your mother, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he does it well. He doesn't seem right, and maybe this is just all... Maybe this is all just a conspiracy, but... This is the place to have it, right? It's not a bad idea. Okay, she did so... meet Carson right when she became the minister. Okay, so... I have to keep an eye on him. He seemed yeah. very weirded out that I was in the office with her without him. Oh, I had a conversation with your mom. And uh, it was weird, and I think she was I'm trying sorry. to tell me something or maybe, like, ask me questions about things, but I kind of, I think I kind of threw her off a little bit, which was weird, because I don't think I've ever seen her thrown off before. So, that was a little... We, we can go over this another time, you know? We can, we can talk about this when we're not being looked for. Right. Yes. Okay. Um. What is all access but power? Power is the ability to to know things whether or not you use that power you still have it what if this thing is naturally all access power is access that's what I'm saying earlier he was saying that how power isn't always what it looks like or something along those lines or what if this isn't a, actually an all access card Maybe there's a place that even the minister can't go. Mm -hmm. It's only our perception. It's only what we think all access is. It's, I mean, if there's another thing that that we don't know about, and all access doesn't go take us there, then. Or it's something that's yeah. unknowable. Yeah. Who decides, and who are they to decide? They. Mr. Is it Winona? Mr. Kim. Mr. Kim. His He's job that nobody a... knows about. There has to be more than one. Secret department. He would be much more highly revered if it was just a one-person job. Well, I, I think I've read somewhere that there's, you know, there are some departments that, you know, keep to themselves that don't... Would we know about unspeakables? It wouldn't have been something that was taught to you, and it's not really something spoken about. It would be like you had to have done like a, a deep dive on this sanctum, and not even just reading books, but like reading like articles from obscure publications that have been put out of print. I mean, should Celeste I? Has, can I roll for that? Can I also <laughs> roll for that? Celeste lived her life in the sanctum. 
Uh, yes, I will say it's a high DC, but yeah, roll for history. Fuck you for that. Now, fail. Oh, right, that's a 21. Damn! Um, okay, so Imogen, uh, I think maybe when Imogen heard of, um, Mr. Kim, uh, having a job that people knew, no one knew what it was, maybe Imogen would have tried to do a little bit of research and would have found that, uh, there, there are some parts of the sanctum that are very much unspoken about, no one asks about, and, and everyone just kind of thinks of it as, this is a thing that is quiet, but it does good whatever it does, and we don't want to mess it up because it could mess things up. We just leave it be. But you don't know if it's doing good. You don't know if it's doing good if you don't know what it's doing. It's assumed. A lot of bad things happen when you just assume something. Assumptions are just like conspiracies for people who don't feel like thinking things through. Yeah. There's no curiosity in it. There's no search for information. And what you You're said- You're not gonna get anywhere if you don't look. What you said about the- the Kims. You said they weren't necessarily missing anymore. No one's seen them that we know of, but that doesn't mean they haven't been seen. That doesn't mean their state of being isn't different than we think it is. Maybe they're under some, like, I don't know, sanctum watch or like they've been hidden away or we we should go we should go before we run out of time is there anything else we because we're going to talk ourselves in circles if we keep going oh i could stay here all day no and yes, that's, that's the why we have to get you out of here imogen <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> um malcolm is there anything that we haven't asked you that you wish we would and can you tell us? You ask about questions that you'd ask. Not questions that you would ask me. Questions you'd ask yourself. He he looks at Ren and he goes, You keep trying to believe in the good. Do you really think that everything in the world has good? That that's the default? I, I have to believe that. I need to believe that. Are you saying... Hmm. I think she just cuts off. Um, he, he turns towards Imogen, and he says, I know you value certain things, but what if... What if you're missing the things that have real value? By not accepting some things. Maybe I want to know those things that don't have value anyway. I can do both. I can I can learn both. Right? Well, it's up to you to decide. It's worth it. Thank you, Mr. Malcolm. Thank you for for taking my question seriously and not and not dismissing them as things that just can't sh- can't be known or aren't worth looking into. Every question is serious. I- I'm glad- I'm glad someone understands. Some- Some people don't. Some people ask the wrong questions. And some people ask the right ones. But no question should be disregarded. Um, he- he turns to Celeste and he says, 
You have changed since I've seen you. I'll take that as a compliment. I know where you're going. It's right. Thank you. Okay. Celeste says, knowing what he's talking about. Mr. Malcolm, can could we come back and talk to you again? Can I bring you anything? <laughs> I encourage everyone to come back. Very few do. Is it lonely? I am alone with questions. We've all felt like that way at some point. But I guess that's... It's more of... It's more of a reality for you. If you're alone with questions, do you have any questions for us? I grew tired of asking questions, but I do have a request. Sure. You won't understand this for a while. But if you ever get the chance, please help. Always. That's all I want to do. Then I'll wait. Malcolm, is there any way to get a pass? Or for you to produce a pass so that next time we're here we can see you? We can't keep stealing passes. At a certain point, someone's going to notice. It is not a power that I possess. But if you need to, you will. Okay, so we're going to have to keep stealing passes. I think that's what we have learned. Mm, um, to be it, yeah. Well, is stealing really stealing? Who decides what belongs to who? Ownership is just a social construct. Ownership. Interesting word. Ren, we have to get this back in my mother's desk before she gets back. Right. Um, Malcolm, thank you. Um, maybe this is stupid, but, um, Ren pulls out her lucky rock from... She's she's always had her lucky rock. It's just her... I think I think from the first episode. First episode. Or two, first or I don't second. know if we kept that bit in, yeah. but she does. It's it's canon. Maybe this is stupid, but I I really appreciate your help, and I have a feeling that many aren't as appreciative of it as one would hope. So um, just as a thanks, it's not much, but um, this holds a lot of significance for me. So. I don't suppose you need luck, but if you do, you're welcome to have some of mine. And I place the the rock on his desk or the nearest surface. That would be the floor. Okay. I, I place it on the floor unless unless he's, like, close to us, question mark? He's just standing in the middle of the room. Okay, I go closer to him and I, like, hold it out. He reaches out and it looks like he's going to grab it, but just as his fingers would touch... Uh, the stone, which might be touching your skin, it it flips up into his hand. And he clasps his hand around it. And he pulls his hand back. Sorry I didn't ask the right questions. Maybe there are no right questions for you. Maybe there are no wrong ones either. I think we did learn really quite confusing. a bit. <laughs> right, though? Right, though? You see what I've been talking about for two years? Imogen, you're taking notes, right? Because I'm not, I'm not understanding so or comprehending any of these So things. many notes. 
We're gonna have to go back over them again because, like, I'm tr- like I'm, I'm trying to play the game. I'm trying to like be in it with you, Malcolm, but I really don't know what's going on. Guys, this is literally what I did in my first one shot, where afterwards I left and I was like, did I learn anything? <laughs> we'll, we'll listen back to this and we'll probably be like, oh shit. But, okay. Okay, um, I hope the next time I meet you, I know who my mom is. All will come in time. Okay, alright. Maybe less than you think. Less time? Uh, well, you know... Everyone keeps telling me to be patient, so maybe I should stop with that. I think that doing what everyone else says is full of shit. I think you're doing great. Are you talking to me or Malcolm? That was you. That was to Red. That was to Red. I say the same thing, but to Malcolm. <laughs> you're doing great. Okay, we should um, we should probably get out out of here before. Yes, um, I think it's a be- the best idea would be, I guess, to drop you all off, or Imogen to drop you off first, and then, Ren, I'll go back with you and help you put it away. Well, okay, I also have to get coffee. Yes, I we'll do that as well. I would get her coffee. Yes, we'll do that as well. Okay, bye, new friend, Malcolm. <laughs> he uh, he just gives you a nod um, as you guys walk around him uh, and, and into the elevator. Um, when you turn around, he's gone. The lucky rock is on the floor. You blink, and the rock is gone. The elevator door is shut. You guys take Imogen back to research uh, research floor. I think we would drop her off on the floor, kind of being like, you, you know how to get back. Just let him know we, everything went okay. Don't let, don't tell him too much. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Um, and then you guys go get coffee, make sure, you know, the alibi holds up, and then you guys go back to Claire's office. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, Carson's not back yet, and neither is Claire. Claire's still gone. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Uh- um, I'll, 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 I should take it from here then, if it's... I'll put it in her desk. I think even if she walks in, it's better if I'm the one rummaging through her stuff. Okay, I'll, I'll keep watch. Okay. Uh, Celeste goes up and puts the keycard where Ren said she found it, um, and then takes really good note of that it's there, that that is this keeping spot. Um, yeah, she clocks the cheese puffs, being like, what the fuck is this? No, she'll notice. Um, that was in the middle drawer. <laughs> <laughs> she'll notice if you take one. Oh, absolutely. No, she counts every cheese puff. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm uh, allowed to have one cheese puff every two weeks <laughs> just to sate my my normie snack. As a, as a treat for me. <laughs> <laughs> Literally every two weeks, she just has a moment. She goes, "Ah, me time." Yeah, that's the only time she <laughs> gets to herself. Cheese puff. <laughs> Five minutes, one single cheese puff. She savors that shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Then once uh, Celeste gets the card back in the desk, she's going to walk out. Um. So. Uh, as as you put the key card back, you come back around the desk. Ren comes into the office. Um, someone actually opens the door to your mother's office. Uh, it's a man that you guys don't recognize. 
Uh, he he looks, I don't know, maybe 30s, brown hair, kind of handsome. He, like, pokes his head in and he goes, oh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, is Claire not here? Uh, might I ask who, uh, are you on the schedule? Uh, we, we had a meeting, is all. I was just, uh, checking. Oh, and well, what's that, what's the a... name under? Yes, if you had a meeting, we'd be on the schedule, wouldn't you? And it's just, I'm just a friend. Uh, we meet no. every week. I was gonna say Claire doesn't have friends. <laughs> no, but I'm not gonna say that. Oh my goodness, um, so lovely to meet one of my I think, friends. I think uh, I just, like, slightly usher them both out of the office, Celeste included, and I go over to Carson's desk, and I pull out the... Um, I pull out a couple of the, she has, there are a lot of schedules. So I pull out any of the calendars. They're social. So I pull out the yellow calendar. If he's just a friend. Uh, yeah. On the yellow calendar at this time, there is a block. Uh, there's a block on the calendar, but it's not written what it is. Okay. Um, so I just say, um, she stepped out for a moment, but I'd be happy to, if you just let me know your your name, then I'd be happy to make sure that we can get her back here as soon as possible so you can start your meeting. Oh, no, no, that's fine. I'm, I've got some things to take care of. I'll just come back around. But thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Of course, it's so nice to meet you, Celeste. I have heard so much about you. Oh, you know. Um, I know the elevator's this oh, way. No, I'm gonna no. go ahead, uh, and I'm Dude, Is there, like, a security button anywhere? So no, no, no! no. <laughs> <laughs> is okay. there a security button anywhere? I wanna try something, and it's probably gonna fuck me, fuck me over. Pull the force stop on the elevator. <laughs> uh, can I pick his pocket? R roll sleight of hand? I have- I, I also wanna say- I, it is canon, and we I will do the research to find it. I have said Celeste did this at parties for fun. I know, I, I remember. Can she have advantage because I am distracting him with, like, putting a, a couple schedules in his face and, like, being like, oh, and, uh, sure, okay, so I see that there's a block sure, off, sure, right? Sure, sure, <laughs> you, you can roll advantage to pickpocket one pocket on this man's pants. <laughs> um, whichever pocket looks like it has his wallet or like an ID. Um, Remy, you're gonna fucking hate me. <laughs> so, um, that was a double natural 17, so let me get my additions. <laughs> so that's a dirty 20. I just want a card, I need a name. You can't just give us a character who tries to walk into my mother's room, who refuses to give us his name. I'm ready to throw hands. <laughs> like, we got wands, we're ready. You're trying to hurt, are you trying to like, assassinate the minister? Yeah, he's, he's, sir, there was just an assassination, like not even like a year ago, like months ago. Like Ren is not gonna necessarily use magic, but I'm, I'm like, if he keeps fighting us, I do have a plan, Remy, and I, I'm gonna, right, I'll let you know. All right, so you reach into his fucking pocket and you pull out the wallet that's in there. Um, you open it and you can see uh, an ID in there. Um, it says uh, Briggs O'Connor. Uh, Celeste shows it behind her so that Ren gets a view of it. 
And then she goes, Oh, sir, uh, looks like you dropped this. Roll deception. You don't want to okay. <laughs> you, you know that's you know that's my thing. <laughs> I mean, it's a natural eighteen. I have a plus seven. It's a twenty-five. The Marta dice have come back with a vengeance. I just want to say. <laughs> Marta would want this to happen. <laughs> oh yeah, tell her. Please tell her this happened because I will. of her. <laughs> because of the Marta dice. Yes. Oh my goodness, sir! You're so clumsy. Don't want to lose this. Don't worry. Didn't even look in it. You have everything in there. He he pats his pocket. He goes, "Oh, um, I didn't even notice. Thank you." Uh, he he takes it from you, um, with a nod, and he goes, uh, "I know where the elevator is. I'll just I'll just um." Of course. Of course. Well, it was <laughs> lovely, lovely to be met. To be met. Um, um, okay. See you again soon. Bye. Bye. And Celeste is gonna wait until she hears the elevator go down then leave and go down the elevator to her own floor. Ren waits the rest of the time, staring daggers at the elevator. Yeah, you freak Carson out when he comes back up. God. Oh, hi, Carson. Hi. Um, I was just keeping an eye on things. Alright, sorry that took me so long. Vaganoff is tough. Um, That's what I've heard. (laughs) So you guys uh, finish out the the rest of your internship day, uh, and then you are um, instructed to meet back at the conference room, uh, where you're taken back to Hogweed by Professor Jameson, um, and he says, "So, um, how was how was everybody's day?" Nothing interesting happened at all. <laughs> really, I had a real interesting day. There was this file about plants and and how they're trying to to like use magic that like uh replicates and reproduces cells in the same way it's it didn't work but it was real cool oh i i'm gonna be the newspaper or or something i wrote is going to be the newspaper i'm so excited about it wow um oh i learned how to color code things that's very important it's helpful yes especially for spells it's helpful especially for spells Um, excellent i'm i'm glad you all had such productive first days of your internships. I'm sure you guys are excited for the next day uh, you have in a week um, to go uh, do your homework. I feel like once we all finally get alone, we tell the boys what we actually did, and they're, they're just like, you never take us anywhere! They're like, you went and got Imogen, but you didn't get us? Duh. <laughs> Look, three already is a crowd. Three already is a crowd. No, no, he's right. We should have come back for Lucas. You're right. right. I'm sorry, Lucas. I bet Lucas Lucas has a lot of important questions, questions, actually. Um, And you just hear a spark. I love you, Lucas. You're perfect. So yeah, you guys spend the evening together talking about your internships or not quite talking about your internships. Um, A lot seems uncertain about the Sanctum of Sorcery. Of course, it's always been a mysterious institution, but based on everything you all experienced today and what you're sure to discover in the coming future, there's a lot more hidden under the surface than you could ever imagine. End of session. Love it, love it. You made it to the end of the episode. I'm so proud of you. Now here's a task. 
Follow at InSourcedPod on social media for updates on new episodes and miscellaneous modifier shenanigans. Oh, okay, you did that? Thank you, you're the coolest. Uh, Now, why don't you give us a review? Seriously, leaving us a nice review on Apple Podcasts will really help us out, and it'll help more people find Ensorcelled. And if more people are listening to Ensorcelled, then that means someone you know might start listening to Ensorcelled. And if someone you know starts listening to Ensorcelled, that means you two can talk about Ensorcelled. All that just from leaving a review. I guess you could also just, like, tell your friends about Ensorcelled. That might be fewer steps. But still, reviews really help us out. And if you leave us a review, we will give you an in-character shout-out at the end of the next episode. Your friends will be so impressed. Look at you. Okay, one more thing to do. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash themodifivers. That's patreon.com slash themodi 5 E-R-S. And become a patron. For just a few dollars a month, you'll get loads of bonus content, including deleted scenes, a sorting quiz, behind-the-scenes nonsense, and honestly, just general good vibes. Oh, you know that friend you just hypothetically made so you can talk about Ensorcelled? Yeah, 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 that one. They'll be super impressed by your support of our little podcast. And you'll really be helping us out. With your support, we can put out high-quality episodes on a regular basis. You know, so you and your new friend can talk about it. All right, that's about it for this message. Thank you so much for listening. You are my hero. Bye!